This is Connor. And this is Paul. Uh, and welcome, welcome to, to Silver, Silver Screamers. Screamers. Your genre fingering, decade scissoring <laughs> film <laughs> podcast. Hey! I got a podcast with your name on it. Hey! This is a very dirty one. I initially was trying to think of a Freddy quote that I could fit in. Because, you know, Freddy's got lots of quotes, but none of them really fit with the podcast. Yeah, I was thinking like one, two, Silver Scream is coming for you or something like that. Yeah, that would have worked, but then I would have had to do the the whole poem and I could have done your podcast now. That might have worked. Silver Screamers, episode 14. Fourteen, yes, fourteen, um, and our second episode of our slasher season. Yes, and Paul, you have been participating in No Feelings Art Club every week since quarantine happened, and this week you did an homage to Freddy Krueger. No Feeling announces a theme at noon, and then you're meant to do it between three and five. So myself and my friend uh, go on Zoom together, and we don't draw. And I haven't drawn since I've been in primary school really or secondary anyway and uh this it's week, really very good and it's up on you. our it's up on our facebook yeah, i think it isn't it, or instagram yeah well the theme this week was fashion and i thought because we were recording this episode tonight I, I i kind of uh i would describe her as the love child of cruella de vil and freddy krueger she's kind of got a 19 well how is freddy krueger described is uh in in uh, the dream warriors <laughs> the, the, the spawn of a hundred maniacs or oh something. yeah <laughs> yeah that's it exactly uh, this was spawn of a hundred maniacs. maniacs um so i guess well this would be she the ain't spawn walking anywhere, of the spawn I can tell you that. no what's that was that silhouette be 1920s very jessica Rabbit 1940s. or something i think it's more cruella de vil anyway you can look on on our instagram for that oh and i called it the house of kruger which i'm and that that i copied that that's art deco font that i copied i'm very proud of that anyway yes we connor and i have really full throttle launched ourselves into slasher season we have been slashing it all over the shop since our last episode we continued on our halloween binge we didn't scrap that series we We watched watched h2o and we watched the newest one, or was that before we did the podcast? I think that we watched before. the 2018 one before, but we yeah. did watch the Rob Zombie version since. Yes, I had never seen that. I watched Halloween two. Yes, I fell asleep halfway through that. Not that's no reflection on the film. Yeah, Child's Play. Did we watch that? Before? We watched that before as well. Okay. But just before uh, we made one little mistake. I mean, okay, first of all, Connor and I are fans of films, but we don't claim to be. We experts. don't need to be explaining ourselves. No, we make. We might make occasional mistakes. We said H two O was made in two thousand. It's nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, so it's twenty years after the original. Yeah, that's H2O. what the two O stood yeah. for, and. That kind of even strengthens our argument more, though, that it was really inspired by Scream because it literally came two years after mm. Scream, and yeah, we, it's great. It's, it's, it holds up. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was, it's been a good season. We've also watched. Um, oh well, since since our last podcast, we've had a shout out slash kind of review on mm. another podcast. So positive we're getting re- there, Paul. We're making it. <laughs> a positive review at that. You like us. You really like us. <laughs> yeah. And it was positive, yes. So you tell, you, you know the yeah. one of the chaps on that. So a chap I used to work with um, who goes by the name of Trainer. 
um, and his friend Toomey and Toomey is like to Emmy to me like you two or like you two yeah yeah okay, and I th- uh, so those two lads I worked with uh, trainer um, many years ago about ten years ago now and he saw the way to podcast and he he listened to a few and he has his own podcast uh, that he just uh, and it's called the Feck and Check In so I had a, I uh, I didn't realize he had a podcast until until he tagged us in it so i listened and it was kind of a it was kind of a bit of a thrill hearing yeah. people talk about positive so people talking about us positively yeah but I've, I've since listened to so it's uh the three episodes but they seem to be fairly prolific and the lads have released a couple of podcasts before this one now i haven't got a chance to listen to the old ones but i will but the feck and check-in is is it's covering a broad range of topics uh, using the FEC acronym, so F-E-C-K. Uh, so the F is for funny observations, uh, E is for entertainment, C is for culture, and K is for kernels of wisdom. So I have listened to the last, you know, at the moment we're on lockdown, I've been walking my dog on the canal, our dog oh, on dog. the canal, sorry. Jesus, <laughs> I'm still here, you know. The sorry. quarantine hasn't gotten me yet. <laughs> no, but no, midweek I would usually walk magic on my own because you work later than I do. Not always, yeah. usually. And on those so hours. I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me something, Bob? Is that a Freudian slip? <laughs> no. But what I mean, what I, I, often on these walks, I'll listen to a podcast or an audiobook. And I listen to the, the all these episodes. And they're really good. It's just two friends. Uh, I love a, a casual conversational podcast rather than like a true crime one where you have to listen it's very you have to listen to every detail I think to be honest I'm not a big podcaster I don't listen to a whole load of material like every time you do something you have something on whether it's music I know, or I, podcast or books I, or whatever I'm a consumer of lots of media yeah yeah I'm not so much I do like to do things in silence and be in my own company in my head going that's probably a lot healthier for you to be fair but when I listen to a podcast I think no, I I have enjoyed the ones that we've listened together, where they are movie review things or the drag you know drag queens talking or whatever. But I do like a true crime one, like West Cork. Or I was enjoying Serial, but we never you didn't really enjoy it, so then no. we kind of never went back to it. And I wouldn't be one to like listen to it. No, myself, you wouldn't. So yeah, I like true crime ones. I thought I thought uh, West Cork was great, but I just find especially especially if I'm tidying up or if I'm walking the dog I I just might I just might be in the mood for something just more conversational like literally like you're with some friends and and, and, um, and the feckin' checking is and the feckin' checking is just like that it's just two best mates having a catch up and they talking bring, about us <laughs> well one way yeah so each of them they bring each of them bring a funny observation to discuss each of them then bring uh, a topic of entertainment some culture and some kernels of wisdom so we were the culture or the entertainment I'm not sure which actually. I'd say we were the entertainment <laughs> Culture. Mm, <laughs> I'm not sure. Dubious. Uh, so thanks, lads. The, yeah. So you can check but it out. arising from that, they also gave us a suggestion yes. of a slasher to watch, which we did. Now, we couldn't actually take it on as one of our podcast episodes because it was in the 80s. And we're nothing if strict and on our rules. Strict on our rules. Paul loves a good rule. So we couldn't do it as part of the class. But big shout out to it. It was called Sleepaway Camp. Uh, yes, from nineteen early nineteen eighties, nineteen eighty three. It is uh, the weirdest, campiest, weird B yeah, movie. It's bizarre. Ever and uh, just the, the reason we can't we can't do it for this is because we only do one film per decade, decade. in our um, series. So Nightmare on Elm Street took the eighties 
uh, slot. But um, we yeah, it would it was a very good film. Oh, oh, okay, no. It, it was, <laughs> careful there. Very entertaining. Film. It was very entertaining for probably all the reason, all the wrong reasons that the director hadn't didn't intend. Yeah, it was just kind of this glorious mess that ended up being very entertaining. I, I will just say, and we won't spoil anything, but I I feel like this. I was very glad when I watched this film that I had knew nothing about it, and I think that is the best way to watch this film. Just stick it on, give it a watch. And don't, and just let it play out. Yeah. I will say, though, there was loads of scenes. This isn't going to spoil anything. Wasn't there loads of scenes in that film that were just completely unnecessary? Like, do you remember the baseball scene? There's this whole, like... Ro- like I think that was just to give, like, to show there was tension between the two groups or something. Yeah, but that didn't... I mean, it didn't actually really No, it matter. didn't matter. It was almost, because it was quite a short film. Yeah. It was almost like they were like... <laughs> We gotta get this we to gotta, ninety yeah, minutes. We gotta, we gotta, yeah, exactly. uh, And then there was a, quite a long scene where he was describing the rules of ca- capture the flag. Like he went in quite in detail. So I assumed the rules were gonna somehow tie into the and plot. I have a blue flag and a red flag and a yellow flag but no, and a green no, flag. No, no. <laughs> um, but no, it's very enjoyable. Yeah, I enjoyed this. Yeah, watch this. Um, and I will say. One little scene in that film, had I seen that film as a kid, as a kid would it would have freaked me out. It's not even that scary. You could even say it's maybe comical, but there's just something eerie about it. Yeah, it's very creepy. Very creepy. I can imagine when I watched a scary movie as a kid and it was, you know, it had scared me enough to keep me awake at night from to prevent me from sleeping. Um... <clears throat> I always would like I try and close my eyes and say don't be silly don't be silly but then I kind of keep opening my eyes a crack and just the thought of that image being at the end of my bed or something would the, the, from sleepaway camp yeah. I've just my legs have just got up oh goosebumps just thinking like imagine waking up at night and seeing that oh my god <laughs> oh god it's, and there was kind of a sound as well Anyway, listen, yeah. listen just watch the film go away, go away and watch, watch the film it. and thank you uh, for uh, for suggesting it's trainer yeah sorry trainer uh for suggesting it because um i really enjoyed it but uh connor why don't we tell the listeners what they're listening to so you're listening to another episode of silver screamers silver screamers is our podcast our film podcast where we pick a theme and dissect four films in that theme from different decades and this week we are covering a nightmare on elm street which is the second movie in our slasher series Mm -hmm. from 1984 yeah so we've covered the 70s halloween uh halloween comes around and changes the landscape of slashers and then 1984 comes wes craven and uh wes craven creates an icon i would say a new franchise which is equally as famous yeah I've, I do feel in recent years, and we'll probably obviously we'll talk about this as we go on. Nightmare on Elm Street has hasn't remained in the public eye quite in the same way that Halloween has, and that could just be no, that there hasn't been I a film. They, yeah, I think it was huge in the eighties and nineties. I mean, and then huge, yeah, and then that was just boxed off then. Yeah, and I think I think you know my thesis of the week, Khan. Paul's thesis of the week. Yeah, it's not. It's not really about the plot of this film. It's I more think we should say that and then have like a little ch- chime or ching, <laughs> a soundboard a thing. Sound. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 
Well, that puts me under a lot of pressure to always have a thesis. Oh. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's your thing. Uh, it's it's more about you do uh, research for these things. I don't just turn up and talk shit. It's it's I uh, when we get into the plot of the film, I don't have a real thesis on the plot because I think it's very solid and I think it works. But I do have a, an interesting kind of thoughts on the franchise as a whole and how we are today and where the franchise stands so we'll maybe talk about that towards the end but that's kind of where my you did a lot of research on this thoughts well yeah i i just i i have not enjoyed researching any film as much as i have this franchise it'll be the cabin fever kicking in maybe it's the cabin fever maybe (laughs) i just find i didn't know a whole lot about it uh i knew i had seen much more halloween films before i you tell me about your history with this franchise I don't really have a history to be honest. I've seen uh, I don't know if I've seen all of them. There's nine, isn't there? Yeah. Which is a lot. I definitely definitely saw the one that we watched for this episode before. Like the main the first one. The first one. Yeah. Uh I'd seen the new one in twenty ten. I'd seen the Dream Warriors before. Yeah. And <laughs> so the ones we all the watched ones recently we you've already seen. I've already seen. <laughs> um and I'm sure I've seen bits, at least bits and pieces of the others. Had you seen, seen New Nightmare? We watched New Nightmare a few days yes, ago. Yes, yeah. Okay, so you had, you had a good feel of the series. Then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I had said in, in the last episode that I saw this in my 20s. And I don't know why I said that, because as I began researching, I, I, I started remembering... The first film I saw of this series, I remember very well. It was a sleepover in my friend's house, and it was New Nightmare. Sleepover camp? <gasps> it was New Nightmare. Oh right, okay. So that was ninety four or something. Was well, it? but it was it was well after that. Now it would have been around two thousand, oh, and so you were fourteen, about right? fourteen, okay. uh, and it was a terrible first film to see, really, because it, it it relies on nostalgia and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do enjoy it, and then I saw the second one. I don't think actually because they're all meant to be in that movie. They're all meant to be playing themselves. Yeah, but if you just went into it. Well, no, of course, Wes Craven's in it and Robert Englund, so... I, I think all of that went over my head. Oh, really? Did I mean, I knew that they were... I knew that the, he was playing a director, but it, I didn't... Wes Craven... Bit, as you said, uh, said before, it's all a bit meta. It's very meta. So just, just, just to, to recap, so we will get into this in more details, but there was a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street's films uh, without Wes Craven, who created it, and then he then, after he, the seventh one, he came back, but instead of Freddy Krueger, it was like this demon that manifested the fictional idea of Freddy Krueger. So Wes Craven plays himself, and... But something uh, got to do... Was it something got to do with there was a demon, uh, and it was it was an old demon that got trapped in stories... And the more people liked the story, the demon would stay trapped. So it had been trapped in Nightmare on Elm Street, but then people were losing interest. So then the demon was coming, coming back. Into the real and world. And whatever Wes Craven was writing was coming to, to, to happen. To be honest, I don't think Wes Craven was that bothered with the lore. I think he was just like, oh, mumbo jumbo reason why it's real. They didn't, they didn't spend any time researching this demon. It was literally like... How oh, yeah, they didn't, say, they didn't say, well, and it's called b- no, Bligger Blocks and no, know, whatever. I think it was literally like, let's have Heather Lang- Lang- Langenkamp <laughs> play Heather Langenkamp, Wes Craven play Wes Craven. And let's not even bother coming up with names for characters. <laughs> yeah. So w- when I saw that, I enjoyed it as a horror film, but I didn't... I, the, meta, the meta of it, the meta-ness, is that a word? It is now. It is, there you go. Kind of went over my head. But I also saw the second film when I was about 16, 17. Have you seen that one? What's that one called? That's 
uh, Freddy's Revenge. That's Is that the, the really camp one? That's the gay one. I feel I probably have at least seen bits of it, but I can't really remember it all. Yeah. That one... I, it isn't a great film. We should see it. We should watch it, though. Yeah, maybe we'll watch it tonight. Yeah, maybe. It's not a great film, but when I saw that as a teenager, like it's quite obvious that the, the that's got a boy as the main character, Jesse. And... Oh, Jesse. <laughs> and it kind of changed. It's not so much the dream sequences. It's more like Freddy wants to kind of possess this lad. So there's, it's got a real gay vibe like there's a lot of lines like this man wants to come, come into my body inside me. <laughs> yeah and jesse's quite like half naked a lot of the time and there's a scene in a gay bar <laughs> and there's a scene with him dancing around his room but even is he gay in it? it's never outright stated but it's it's so heavy subtext it's almost just, just a text and when it came out um, uh, uh, we will talk a bit about the whole history when but it came out ah. <laughs> when it came out a lot of people even though it made money a lot of it got a bit of a backlash and that kind of fell back on the actor he never he ended up never acting again and the writer said that he played it too camp and too gay and stuff but like Jesse yeah yeah and he was gay the actor so I think he probably took that very personally and a lot of a lot of people were saying he's screaming like a girl so but I appreciated that. <laughs> <laughs> I think if Freddie Krueger was after you, I'd be screaming like Yeah. Girl. Well, I mean... Like Ned Flanders kind of scream. Well, yeah. So, can you think of another film where, like, a main... Where the main character is, like, a sensitive guy? Uh, a slasher movie? Well, any movie. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of LGBT <laughs> movies where, you know... Well, fine, but they're kind of about the whole gay thing like there's very few films like that where there's like a sensitive not even a gay guy but just like a, I'm, I'm quite a sensitive guy Con. I know you are, and I Paul. appreciated that when I saw that film as a kid I was like that's me <laughs> <laughs> I want Freddy Krueger in me can you no well one shitty thing about that is that uh, if it is all about gayness then the gayness <laughs> manifesting itself in Jesse is this evil <laughs> boogeyman mm. and then uh, spoiler for Freddy Krueger 2 he's defeated in that film by the guy's girlfriend kissing him and then Freddy, Freddy's like no oh, you just spoiled it for me we're gonna watch it tonight well there you go so heterosexuality overcame overcame the gay yeah, of the gay okay. uh, so so I, I do have uh, his, going back to my history but I do have a little bit of history but I can't remember when I saw the first one. I mean, I had definitely seen it, but I have no memory. I can't really remember, to be honest, it's so long ago. I just remember, and we were talking a little bit about this during the week, going into, uh, you know, going into movie shops, and it would be in the 18 section, where you'd always go over and have a little look. But then some of the covers of the VHSs were quite scary. I remember this one being quite scary. They're but fantastic. Oh, pretty Really, yeah. really good. Do you want to do before? I, I'd like to go into a little bit of the history uh, of the franchise, but before will that, do you want to do the? Will we, will we talk a little bit about the history, and then just before we talk about the actual movie, we can do the two. Oh, that makes sense because then we're not bouncing back and forth. Yeah. Okay, so I have done a lot of research, and I need to be Careful. curbed. <laughs> I need to be kept on a on a leash. There may have been words. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go through it. And we're going to maybe stay maybe two minutes per film? Two minutes. Okay, two minutes per film. But, but before I kind of even do that, do you know how, they, how Wes Craven, who wrote this, do you know how he came up with the whole concept? Because it's kind of a spooky story. 
Oh, you mentioned this to me. Uh, it was based on was it Korean War veterans who I think it was kind a of Vietnam Vietnam oh Vietnam War veterans who uh, actually died in their sleep or something and would kind of say oh I'm going to die in my sleep or something yeah like that. so allegedly allegedly can you look this up can you like is it is there any truth to this story uh, Wes Craven said it in a documentary so I'm going to take his word okay uh, you guys can like I said we you and I are. Film fact checkers, fact checkers, enjoyers, but not film experts. So listen at your own peril. Believe <laughs> <laughs> us, we know what we're talking about. Okay, so well, well, I heard Wes Craven say this in an interview. So you know, if he said it, I'm going to take his word for it. Okay, okay. So he heard about these. I don't think they were. I think they were like maybe refugees from Vietnam, and uh, but teen, they were teenagers, and they were all boys, male. Um, they were Vietnamese, were they? I think so. Oh, right. I thought they were more veterans who came they back were, to the states or something. They were all Asian. I know that. Yeah, he did specify that. And this one particular lad, a lot of them had been dying in their sleep, but this one particular lad kept on saying, "I, I, I can't." Uh, go asleep if I sleep I will die and his parents were like no 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 and they were worried that he wasn't sleeping so they gave him loads of sleep, sleeping tablets and he just still wasn't sleeping he just wasn't sleeping and then one night he did fall asleep however and suddenly his parents heard this scream up in their bedroom this is terrible this is a true story I shouldn't be dramatising it <laughs> this poor lad it's a real urban you gotta, myth you gotta sell it for you gotta, a podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. turn your lights off and yeah. listen to this in the dark <laughs> The parents ran up and their son was dead in the bed and underneath his pillow was all the stash of sleeping tablets so he hadn't been taking them and in his wardrobe he had loads of coffee granules and stuff so he had been drinking coffee to keep himself awake just like nancy just like nancy. just like nancy so and the doctors weren't able to define how he died his body all seemed healthy there was no trauma so it was like and he, he kept on he had kept on saying if i sleep i'll be killed so it's, that's terrifying it's isn't creepy, it oh, it's yeah. so scary you kind of wonder is it an urban legend or it sounds very urban legendy yeah but the fact that it, it, it's there's some specifics though the fact that the Vietnam and all that makes me wonder so we'll google that we probably should have googled it before but we'll google it go. after yeah. I've done a lot of research for this but I didn't do that okay so uh, so Wes Graven has this great idea he writes this script he had beforehand made his name he'd made a few pornos yeah you gotta make those bills yeah, you gotta make some money uh, then he made was the, he in the pornos no 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 he like directed them mm. and then he made this Actually, kind, of, kind of think that that would be not too difficult like you put a couple of cameras around <laughs> and then you just edit it together I don't know I've, I've never tried um, maybe it's harder yeah. than it looks well not back in the day when I was working <laughs> in the industry anyway, go on. Uh, anyway he made, uh, that's how he started he cut his teeth um, figuratively uh, metaphorically not yes figuratively okay. figuratively anyway he made and then he made a film called The Last House on the Left have you ever seen that I may have seen the newer one. Yeah, it was version. remade. No, yeah. was it Hills of Eyes or the last house? Both of them have been remade. Oh, they were both Wes Craven. Yeah. Oh, right. So the first one was the house, last house on the left, and he thought that was only going to have a, a low distribution, so he put loads of profanity in it, but actually had a wide distribution, and it did. he kind of got a bad name then. And then he did the Hills of Eyes, and that's kind of quite graphic as well. And then he wrote the script for Freddy Krueger for Nightmare on Elm Street and the script went around for a long time before anyone would pick it up and then this little itty bitty film company called New Line were like okay we're going to make it and we're going to put all of our money into it so if the film is a success great woohoo if not we're, gone. we're screwed we're toast. we're toast and they made the film and it's a big hit big big hit so when you get have a big hit uh, 
sequels sequel so they i in my personal opinion if you were to ask me my opinion when they made the sequel they made three mistakes first one wes craven writer director do we need him connor no no uh, he's off making porn. He's off making porn. Then we have this uh, very powerful character in Nancy. Uh, do we need her, Connor? Nah. nah. Get rid of her. She's off making porn. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have this uh, very charismatic actor, Robert England, who plays Freddy Krueger. Connor, do we need him? You probably do. Well, they didn't think so, which is mental. Isn't that mental? But I think it's a bit crazy but he's not getting any jobs in the porn industry <laughs> isn't that imagine they thought they didn't need Robert England so they start making that film and they don't even those monsters have been recast before but I mean yeah yeah I know but like this is a year later yeah. this is yeah very very high number of sequels in a very short period of time yeah and they don't even get an actor to play him they just get some stuntman in a mask and then two weeks into making the second one they're like Oh, turns out that uh, <laughs> that uh, Robert England guy actually was doing pretty good stuff, and maybe we will hire him. So I think his his bo- he he demanded more money essentially, so they didn't want to pay it, but they did. That made that film. Uh, we already talked about that. They were like, it's too gay. Uh, even though it made more money than the original one, they kind of said the critics didn't like it because it's not a great film, and the fans didn't like it because they were like, don't know what some little. Nancy boy running around. They want to watch Nancy running around. See what I did oh, there? Ah, that just came to me. <laughs> anyway, they don't want to make the same mistake twice. They looked out because the film still made money, but, you know, they have a franchise to protect. So they make the third film, Dream Warriors. And that... Ha- they- it's okay. I think it's great. Yeah, it's okay. It's yeah, I think okay. it's like it's like a really fun film. It doesn't just copy the first Freddy Krueger. Yeah, it's a different take on it. Yeah, a different take. They good special effects. Brilliant practical effects. Really good. Um, okay, so Dream Warriors, uh, they bring the, the to like a mental institution. They get a new group of kids, and Nancy comes in as kind of like a... As an intern counselor or something. Yeah. A dream so, specialist. Yeah, so she kind of, she's not like the main character that Freddy is after. She's more like a, like, she's like the Giles and Buffy, you know, kind of like the supporter. And they, and then they had, they, that, that's got Patricia Arquette. And that film, they also, that film is massive. It's a huge hit. Makes even more money and it's critically acclaimed and the fans like it. So this is a great. And Robert England is, is now getting very big. And there's a big single. Do you know the song Dream Warriors? Dream Warriors. Was a single that was released for that film. It sounds familiar, it's although like now I'm just thinking of uh, Gladiators. Oh, it's very like Gladiators. Is that kind of like hair hair rock 80s. type song? As eighties as possible. Anyway, anyway, that film's a big hit. So then they're like, let's make a fourth one. Uh, the fourth film, they get this uh, Finnish dude called Rennie Harland direct it have you heard of him no no you've definitely heard of films he's made because i'll get to him in a second that he's only made one film he's cheap he's upcoming they, they there's basically no script they can't get patricia arquette she's now a big actress so they get an actress called tuesday night which i think is kind of a cool name porn name supplied very by poor, yeah probably and oh, <laughs> sorry tuesday i'm sure you're a great actress um <laughs> anyway that film crap script unmade director no famous people it's going to be terrible isn't it connor it's going to do not do well, is it? From your tone, I'm going to say it made lots of money. It was it very good. It made loads of money, and it got well. It got like people liked it. I haven't seen that one. Have you? Maybe we watched that one tonight. Maybe. Yeah. I, I think they they made that more of a comedy. 
okay. thing. It did go a bit comedy. It, there was touches of that in Dream Warriors. Little and in Wes Craven's New Nightmare, there was comedy. Well, this is that's much later. That's much yeah. Later. Okay. So this okay. is the so this is the first one. This one uh, does fantastic, and that your man Rennie Harlan, the Finnish guy, two years later makes Die Hard too. Good. Yeah, one of the best. The day after he was having a nervous breakdown, thinking he was best. never going to work. Was the, that was the best I heard. Uh, uh, Rennie, what's his face? Rennie Harlan. He thought I'm never going to work again. Where the day before that hit the cinemas, and the day after, Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg phoned him and, asked, and offered him a job. Isn't that amazing? So then, that's a big success. Let's make. Uh, they make a TV show. They got Robert England to film a few scenes before and after. They splice a few silly anthology type horror shows, like uh, what's that show with the guy? In the coffin the crypt keeper tales, tales from the crypt something <coughs> like that uh so freddy Krueger is everywhere he's a rock star and he's like um bart simpson or yeah, king yeah. kong or something and so they're like well, let's make a dark film so they make the fifth one they give him a baby nightmare on elm street the dream child and finally people are like you know what this is it. this is getting this is jump the shark yeah we've seen enough freddy and it doesn't do well so they're like well just let's just make a sixth one and let's kill him off and then if we call it the final Freddy then people were like okay we've seen a lot of Freddy but uh, this is what it's all leading to and then the director of that is Rachel Talalay and she had been involved in every single film since the beginning so that was kind of nice for her to get a role and I think the the kind of the exciting thing about that was that in the last 10 minutes it went all 3D so you oh, put on oh, your 3D glasses. It's a novelty kind of. Yeah, to yeah, and all the promotion for that was like funerals. Ooh, like, hands Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem with 3D is that they have to, <laughs> to sell the 3D, they have to film things very, in a particular way. So to, you know, you kind of go, oh, look at the, the missile is coming out of me. Uh, yeah. It's really forced. And also then when you're watching it on home video in it's, 1991. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. flying over there. Yeah. Um, and that film is the worst, I think, critically apart from the, the remake it's the worst it's just everyone's like that's a bad it's a bad film do you know the way then oh yeah I suppose they film a two because like on the VHS you know the way when you have 3D glasses you can it, like it goes like red and green and it's kind of um, yeah which is because it's the colours of his jumper um, oh I never thought of that so they must change it for the VHS then because like if you're watching at home you don't have like would that work? It wouldn't work with the 3D glasses. I don't know. I have no idea. I imagine this was one of the first kind of 3D films, to be honest. 1989. I feel it was big in the 80s, and then it 19, stopped. Sorry, 1991. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, so that's it. That's it. Which is probably why it's back in style now. Anyway. Uh, well, it's kind of out of style now. It was in. It was now in it's for kind a of, now it's yeah. kind of. That's it. Is it? People get sick of going and looking at with glasses. And I find 3D films just too dark and I wear glasses in the cinema so to me I have to wear two pairs of glasses it's a nightmare um, do you want to hear a funny little tangent about 3D glasses and my nana okay <laughs> so my nana who has since passed um, she uh, my, uh, my, my uncle lived with her for a few years and his kids would stay over you know plenty of, the t- plenty of time and he must have taken to the cinema to see a 3D film and uh, anyway nana went out for a walk one day and uh, she was walking back and my mother saw her driving to visit her and saw her on the way home and pulled over to collect her and said oh you come on in and she was wearing an unusual pair of sunglasses and mum said uh, ma'am what are, what are you what are you wearing are they? And she says oh I, I saw these sunglasses on the uh, on the work <laughs> <top."> <laughs> 
but they're not very good. <laughs> Connor, do you know what they were? Uh, were they 3D they glasses? They were 3D glasses, glasses. poor Nana. Anyway, that 1991, they've killed off Freddy. That's the last we'll see of him, isn't it, Connor? Probably not. Except a few years later, Wes Craven, we've talked about New Nightmare, Wes Craven hadn't made a Freddy Krueger film. He had That's seven. So you've had seven, have you? Or sixth was the last night. Uh, last, last Nightmare was the sixth. So Craven... New Nightmare was seven. And it was only 10 years after the first. And then, was there one after New Nightmare? So New Nightmare comes out and they bring Heather back playing Heather. And we talked about all that. Nancy. Nancy. The actress. The actress who played Nancy plays herself. And I think that film would have been better had they left it about 10 more years. I don't think there was enough nostalgia there. Uh, Like had Heather been 40 when she had played the role, I think it would have been a bit better. Because nobody missed Freddy in 1994. It was only three years. Three years, no. But anyway... Sorry, so what you asked me, was there another one? So we said there was nine. Yes. So we're on seven. Yes, well, the next one, I think you like this one. It was a while. It was 2003. A long, Freddy long while. Freddy vs. Jason. Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, Which is probably as good as it, it could be. I enjoyed it. It's enjoyable. Funny, it's a big yeah. popcorn romp. Yeah. It's Catherine Isabel is in it, and she's one of my favorite actors. There's some, uh, there's some kind of questionable racist bits in it as well. Is there? I know Kelly. Uh, There's a a black actress, and he gets her up against a tree, and he's like, "Mm, "Dark meat." Oh God! Oh God! Uh, Kelly Rowland's in that uh, Destiny's Child, and she calls. (laughs) She's like, "I'm not afraid of some faggot like you, (laughs) to Freddy Krueger," and they leave it in. I I remember watching that, being like. Kelly Rowland, Rowland, (laughs) know your audience. (laughs) Granted, she didn't write that. I can't say that about my fans. Yeah. I mean, I just can't believe they left it in. 2003, like maybe... 2003, maybe I think it was before wokeness, maybe. <laughs> I just think... Okay, okay, anyway. anyway. Uh, and that film is the the biggest... I, I don't know, because you do you get away with things when it's a horror film? Cause, you know, it's no. Kind of not been a, well, I mean, there's lots of things. That, like House of a Thousand Corpses, that, that's, a, that's Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie is full of not very pleasant things. But Kelly Rowland is meant to be a good person she's well, calling yes. him yeah, 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 she's yeah. calling him that name because she thinks oh how can i offend him i'll call him an offensive yeah. homosexual slur <laughs> no <laughs> no sorry i meant from the like the evil characters do they get away with kind of stuff uh, i don't know but i mean if you were yeah yeah because if you want to show someone being evil show them doing an evil thing yeah fair enough but i don't think you can have kelly i don't think Rowland. it would kelly Rowland. <laughs> Uh, Beyonce was like Kelly yeah. you are out of Destiny's Child <laughs> that film is a massive hit it's the biggest yeah. makes the most money I think people like a crossover and there's not that many crossover films really no. Alien vs Predator it's 2003 and that is the last time Robert England played Freddy yes. but not the last time we saw Freddy so then 2010 we have the remake remake which I think is Terrible. It was 26 years after the original. I think it's absolutely. Uh, I think it's. I think it's boring. It's definitely not as good as the original. I don't know if it's boring, and I don't know if it's terrible. I think it it changed it sufficiently to kind of go. Oh, okay, that's a bit a bit different, a bit new. There were some nice things, nice touches. I, I thought in it where he kills somebody, and then it goes back into the dream world or whatever. And he's like, oh, your brain stays uh, conscious for or alive for seven minutes. So we have, I have another seven minutes to torture you. Yeah, I thought there was kind of 
things like that which uh, yeah i just thought all it wasn't a bit creepy there were some pointless parts to it though where you were like the kids they find out that the parents have killed this guy and the two main actors go in they're like oh you killed an innocent man and then five minutes later it's like shit he wasn't innocent well that's kind of pointless. well actually i actually think the most interesting thing in that film what if Freddy had been innocent? I think that would have been a really uh, interesting yeah. twist. Like, you know, he was just a weird kind of unusual man who was fond of kids in a healthy way. Mm. And the parents, I mean, let's face it, like mob mentality has no rhyme or reason. Like, wasn't there some pediatric doctor who was had petrol bombs thrown in his house because it was in the paper that he was a pediatric and people just saw Pete and thought he was a Seriously? pedophile. That was in the newspapers about ten years ago. Yeah, so like the so mob, the mob yeah. is. But how did the mob? How did the? Oh yeah, how did the mob in that situation all read the wrong word the wrong way? Oh, someone just said. Someone just read it. Someone thought it was wrong. Said errand. that man's a, uh, a pedophile, and errand. then nobody researched it. They just got so you know engulfed in their own yeah. self-righteousness that they were like well and then they threw like there was yeah so i think that would have been a really interesting twist in the remake had actually freddie been just a really gentle kind of peculiar man who got killed and then he took out his revenge then on the kids i think that's more interesting i well first of all i think rooney mara who's a good actress you know rooney mara she played Nancy. In yeah. the, she's in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Like, she's got a few Oscar nominations. She is so bad. She's lifeless in it. I can't remember what she looks like <laughs> or any of her bits. That kind of says it all, doesn't it? Because we saw that film like a week ago. Yeah. She's just lifeless in it. Just sleep. Pardon the pun. She sleepwalks her way through it. Callan Lutz. Oh, she's Callan Lutz's. Um, she's the main girlfriend. one. Girlfriend. Yeah. She's the main character. I literally can't. <laughs> Uh, I remember Callan Lutz. I remember all the fellas, though. <laughs> is he the main guy? He's No, he's the guy at the start that dies in the cafe. Okay, he's only in it for a second. For two minutes. I just recognized him because he was in Twilight and I, I'm a fan. And also the guy who played uh, John Connor in the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Okay, I don't know any of them. I, I also think they all look like people in their mid-twenties. Well, in the uh, original. Teens. Yeah, I mean, I know... Uh, uh, Heather was actually 20 in the original, but I think she looks, she's such a baby face. I think she looks like a teenager. She looks like legitimately like a child. And I don't I think, think she looks 15. I think oh, she, I do. I think, I think she she's a fast for 18 or something. Like that. I think she looks like a baby. Uh, and one other thing I really don't like about the remake is in the original timeline, it is definitely a hinted that Freddie is a child molester, but they never outright say it. In the first movie, the mother doesn't say child molester, she says child killer. Yeah. 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 And I think that works better. And in my head, I had always thought that Freddy, when he was a human, had killed ki- uh, teenagers, which are kids, teenagers are children, had killed teenagers of the same ilk as Nancy and Tina and, you know, all, all the people that get killed in the film. I, had, I just assumed that was the demographic that freddy was killing and pretending but when you see in the remake that actually he was like molesting like infants like it just leaves me with this i know he's meant to be a bad guy but it just gives me this ick factor and like we find out that nancy was his favorite Uh, it just it just well there is an ick factor but i think that's the point but no i think like I, i when we started looking at these movies my impression of or my 
recollection was always that he had well, whatever he had done he was killing kids right mm-hmm. parents killed him yeah they made or somehow they they allowed their kids to forget but then one of them started to remember or didn't forget and then that's what gave Freddy his power to come back into their dreams because his power from my recollection was always based on them giving him power that's not mentioned in the I mean I know there's kind of a ooh you turned your back on him specifically but that was always my but if he was a killer in the original films how would they remember him because he didn't kill them obviously what so in the remake he targeted the kids the the teenagers that are getting killed yeah. We're all classmates. Um, well, I just thought he was um, a member of the community that they might have known him. Like, I, I think that in, in the... Although it's not said in the first one... And this might, might have been from watching the other ones uh, over the years. Potentially, that is where that could have been it part of the, the lore gets very messy as the films yeah. go on. Do you want to... Uh, we're kind of getting into the story now, so do okay, you want to... Want to do our introduction? Our introduction... <laughs> Our synopsis. Uh, well, we, we covered all the uh, history of the franchise, so now we're going to just talk about this film in its own. Because I think we this film stands up very strongly on its own as a film. Uh, had they never made another sequel, I still think this would have been remembered fondly. Maybe even more fondly, because I think this is the best of them. Okay, so... It's my turn. I try not one, to fuck it up. Two, Okay, so we're introduced to four friends, Tina, Glenn, Rod, and Nancy. Tina says, oh, I've been having these horrible dreams about this guy in this shirt, and he's coming to kill me. Will you all guys all come over to my house tonight and keep me safe because my mom's going off? So they say, yeah, grand, no problem. So they all go over to her house, and uh, herself and Rod go up to fool around. They have sex. They fall asleep. Uh, we go into Tina's dream, uh, and we see Freddy, who ends up killing her. Rod wakes up, she's screaming, she's flying around the room and she's blood yeah. everywhere. So Rod fecks off and runs away and the police think that he's done it. So they arrest him eventually. They use Nancy, they arrest him. They're, he's put into jail and Nancy goes to see him and say, what the hell happened? And he says, oh, those nightmares that Tina was having, I'm starting to have them now as well. And I'm seeing this guy with the, with the scissor hands. Nancy has also been seeing this guy in her dreams. So they're all a bit worried. Nancy goes and gets... Uh, Glenn and says oh and she starts drinking a lot of coffee doesn't want to fall asleep um, she says Glenn I'm going to go into my dream I'm going to go and visit Rod in my dream and see what's happening so she goes off visits uh, Rod sees Freddy and freaks out she's starting to lose her at this point she goes to a dream clinic the, the mother brings her to a dream clinic she won't sleep they hit her with uh, some uh, anaesthetic puts her to sleep and she starts freaking out while they're monitoring her brainwaves and she pulls out Freddy's hat and she goes, oh, hold on a second, I can pull stuff out of my dreams. I can pull this guy into our reality. So she goes back home. Uh, the mother says, oh, God, it's Freddy Krueger. I and a lot of us kill that guy and burn him to death because he's a kid killer. And Nancy's like, oh, for God's sake, why would you do that? Um, so she goes over, she gets Glenn. She says, hey, Glenn, who's her boyfriend, Johnny Depp, you come over to mine at midnight tonight and I'm going to go into my dream. I'm going to get this fucker and you hit him with a baseball bat. Glenn's like, oh, right, okay, whatever. Uh, he ends up falling asleep and in his room. Don't! <laughs> yeah, whoops. Uh, an arm comes up out of the bed, pulls him down into hell, and he blows up, right? And there's blood everywhere. 
So the dad comes along, it's a whole big hoo-ha, and I says, Dad, come over to mine later on, because I'm going to go in and get Freddy Krueger out of my dream, bring him here, and you need to arrest him. So she goes into her dream, this whole, like, scary bit. She grabs him, pulls him into our reality, and then he starts chasing her around, like, while she's MacGyvered the place, <laughs> somewhere. Uh, like, with mallets all over the place. <laughs> she, goes, she goes, and she puts him down into the basement, she burns him, Ten she sets seconds. him on fire. The dad comes in, the, all the police come in, they're like, what the hell, it's Freddy Krueger. They go upstairs, he's on top of the mother, and he sucks the mother into hell, and then... He, Time! He comes back and says, ooh, I get, I'm going to get you, Nancy. And she's like, no, you can't, because I can give you power, and I don't give you power anymore. And he's like, oh, see ya. And then there's this weird scene at the end where um, the mother... What do you, you, I don't know, it's not stopping. Push, stop. I pressed That's it like eight times. Uh, there's this weird scene at the end where he kind of like they get into a car they're all alive again and then they get into a car and it's just dressed like Freddy Krueger yeah and then the mother like gets pulled in through the window hey baby well does does she get pulled in through the window or is that a sex doll yeah well that was one of Wes Craven's leftovers from his porn industry days yeah Um, well done was that accurate? I think that was. A, I think it was almost perfect. I didn't actually go into any of the dreams. Really, you can't. You, you can't. You, really have, to, you have to edit first. these things. Yeah. We'll talk about them now. I think that was perfect. Thank you. I did very well. You this did time. do. You did very well. What character would you like to start with? <laughs> Let's start with well, Tina. Could you get yeah, her that's Tina the obvious one because she's the first death and she's the first person we see. Yeah, she's the Janet Lee. You kind of think she's of the, the Drew Barrymore. She's going to be the star because she's the first one there, and she's yeah. the one seeing Freddie. She's Krueger. the Drew Barrymore in the screen. Yeah. And like, it's so hard to think of what it must have been like seeing this film for the first time because we all know. First of all, we know she's not the main character, and second of all, we know this is all a dream. But like, it must be just because it opens up the. It's so creepy seeing him make, uh, making his glove. Do you think that's meant to be in the dream, or do you think that's a flashback to when he was a a man? Because that was his weapon when he was a killer. If yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It could have been, it could have been in the real world. It could have been a flashback. I think in the in the new movie, it opens similarly, and I think it's a flash. It's a flashback to the past. Oh, it's not the it's the first scene in the new film. Is that silly cafeteria scene? Well, sorry. After that, yeah, that's the first death. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or maybe it's the intro sequence or something. Maybe it? it just opens up so him. You don't see his face for a, a while. He's just forging this iconic weapon, and it's and then there's just this music, mm. and it's oh, it's just really creepy. And then there's this like a music box. Uh, sort of music playing kind of like a nursery you know like a you know like a, 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 wind, up a wind up music box yeah. like that's childlike and it's ter- it's really scary yeah, it's, a, it's a good opener on it oh yeah. it's it's fantastic so, so there's a I, I, I'm kind of getting because she doesn't die in that dream obviously no and I think his tactic is that he scares you in your dreams over a long period of time so you don't want to sleep so you stay awake so that when you do finally sleep you're in a very deep ah, sleep that's really clever yeah. I didn't know that is that something you've had canoned or is that have you read that I think he says it in I can't remember if it was this movie or the new movie or one of them where he says I wanted to scare you know I, yeah you, it makes sense you, you won't wake up now because you're so tired or makes something makes sense yeah uh, this is a slight tangent but I just want to say it while it's in my head we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to but isn't there a lot of correlation between it and Nightmare on Elm Street the Pennywise the clown his whole thing is the more scared you are the t- taster you are 
Yeah, it is similar, I suppose, to, because as I said, I think in the later movies and to at the end of this one, it's the people, the kids themselves, that are giving Freddy the power. And oh, that's exactly it, how he's defeated. Yeah. yeah, and they would have been around the same time. Like it, the book was in the early eighties, and this is around the same time. And they both kind of prey on your fears. Isn't that funny? They're very similar properties. Uh, just just when he said that about him, like he wants you extra sleepy so that he can, or extra knocked out. Yeah. As and and so. Because my interpretation of Freddy was that he just loves to hunt. Like, he could kill... He could have killed... He could have killed yeah. Certainly Tina. Well, he likes being creepy. <laughs> he is... Lo- like, I know when you watch Michael Myers, he is just an unstoppable force who just will kill you as soon as he gets to you. Yeah. Freddy, he's like a cat playing with a mouse. Yeah. Michael Myers has no... Personality, desire, or <laughs> well, no, no, no that, that, and that's scary in its own self. That's scary in its own way. But Freddy is literally—he's playing with his food. Spoiled. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so with Tina, I, I might be mixing up the nightmares. But in the first dream, is that when you see him with the arms outstretched? I think it is. First film in the eighties, yeah. No, but is it the first nightmare she has? Because Tina has no, two nightmares. I think that's Nancy. Is that? No, that's definitely Tina. Is it definitely it's definitely Tina. Oh, it's it's the second nightmare then when she dies. Okay. So what does she see in the first nightmare? Is that just running around the boiler the room. boiler room and then just screaming and stuff? Okay, okay. And then she yeah. So then Tina wakes up and her her mom was like, "Either you cut your t- either you cut your fingernails or you you stop nightmare." And okay, mom. <laughs> and she's used. To, I didn't notice. She's got a black eye, the mom. Uh, so she comes in and she's she company downstairs or something she's it's heavily implied that the she's divorced and maybe going out and meeting these unpleasant men yeah yeah and he's like possibly prostituting maybe the the film is saying to us tina's got a a rough upbringing yeah yeah. and also they never really linger on this but her she's only meant to be 15 or 16 tina and her mother just fecks off to las vegas and leaves her like that's you don't leave it a 16 year old on the air hostess isn't she oh did they say that shouldn't she say oh maybe she does say that yeah but I just know that the police say after Tina's been killed the police say uh, oh her mother's in Vegas with her boyfriend or something like that we're trying to get in contact the the boyfriend is a scumbag but regardless of if she's working she's left her daughter who's a child on her own so Tina's a really really tragic character and do you know when we talked about Halloween and I had a very I strongly felt that the girls weren't punished for their promiscuity they were being punished for their irresponsibility I think Tina is being punished for her promiscuity because she's having sex with her boyfriend at home and I think well yeah well is she being I don't think so. No, I I don't think the film outright. What I mean is because all of these characters. uh, No, Nancy rebuffs Glenn. No, that's what I mean. All of the like all of the characters are being hunted in the same way as Tina, and they not all of them have had sex. Some of them are virgins, so it doesn't really. No, but just if you're comparing uh, Tina, who is sleeping with her boyfriend, to Nancy, who is actively saying to her boyfriend. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Tina's the one who is killed, and Nancy lives. So just if you're to, y- y- there is definitely. Yeah, I mean, Rod and Glenn die as well. Pretty uh, well. Rod is also having sex, and Glenn is like disgusted. And he he tries it on, and he's like, "Fuck's sake!" They even like 
hone in on his face when they can hear when he can hear Tina and uh, it's like not fair. He's like, yeah, literally, yeah. I, I will talk about Johnny later. I think he's very funny in this role. I do think Tina's quite funny. I like like she's obviously traumatized, but when she has sex with um, Rod, she's like, he's like, do you feel better? And she's like, uh, she has a great line. It's like. Oh, you, you man, make girl feel better. What does she oh, yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She something like something that. Like something that. Like yeah, yeah. She's good. Yeah. She's she's well able for him. He's and a good, she has, she's a good little character. Yeah, um, and she makes a lot out of the actress, even though it's not a very long role. It's, it's minuscule. Minuscule. And she also has a, the best comeback. Yes, it's that's the a great best comeback. comeback so let's, ever. let's let's see if we can. Right, do I'll it. be Rod. You be Tina. Uh, Hey, Dina. Okay, you're Rod, so. Oh, you want to be Rod? (laughs) No, you can be Rod. Hey, Dina, I've got your... (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Hey, Dina, I've got uh, an erection with your name on it. My name only has four letters. How is there enough room on your penis for my name? (laughs) It's actually... actually, I don't know. It's quicker than that. Yeah, it's good. And then it's not even banter because he's genuinely like irritated yeah. and then Danny Depp- he's a bit weird can I just say he's a right, weird, can yeah. I just say right now this film right yeah. so yeah they go over to Tina's house Tina Nancy Glenn right are there yeah Rod hasn't arrived yet yeah and they hear noises outside mm-hmm. and you're still not sure <laughs> if they're dreams or whatever uh, so Glenn goes out being the, the, the jock goes out to the, what seems to be the back garden and goes, hey, we can hear you. You better go away or I'll fuck you up. And Rod jumps up and goes, oh, gotchas. Glenn makes some quip and he pulls a knife on he him. He pulls a knife on him. Like a switchblade. What does Glenn say? It's not even... Oh, okay. It's not even that bad. No, it's, like it's not. a jerk or something. And it, he, Rod, Rod does kind of say, I'm joking. Is, which is a very Donald Trump thing to say, but you pull it pulling a knife on someone isn't. <laughs> this, but this is the asshole. second movie, the Sleepaway Camp movie that we spoke about. <laughs> okay, yeah, the kids are like twelve or thirteen or something, and there's a bit of a, a bit of an argument in one of the scenes, and the kid pulls a big massive knife. Maybe that was a thing in the eighties. Is that the thing in the eighties in America? Maybe. You, you just carry a knife and you pull yeah. it on people. There was a lot of uh, volatility. Is that a word? Volatility, yeah. yeah. there's a lot of volatility in that sleepaway camp. <laughs> Everyone yeah. is two seconds away from a fight on that uh, film. But this film, Rod is, uh, he's quite an abrasive character with he's, everybody. He's, he's, he's uh, the bad boy, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And then we get the second scene with, with, with Tina having the dream, and that is the big chase with this, the long arms and... And then we have Tina's death. And it was a great death. I'm going to put this out there. And I'm okay. curious what you think. I think this is the second most iconic death in her. After uh, Marion uh, in Psycho. Yeah, possibly not seen, but death, maybe. So what like, do you mean? What's the difference? Well, there's other more maybe iconic scenes in her, like in The Exorcist or something. Okay, okay. No, but death. I'm going to I'm gonna hold on death. The only, like, I think I think Psycho share a scene. Yeah. Probably most iconic, and even in terms of the music. But I was trying to think of other ones, other death scenes in hers. There's nothing in Scream that comes close. Remember Halloween, yeah. amazing film. But the deaths in Halloween are pretty basic. In the original, definitely, yeah. And even and they, 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 they get, get more extravagant, more but are yeah. there any more iconic ones? Uh, I don't know about iconic. They like like in the second one where he uh, 
boils her face. I don't think that's as iconic as this this uh, Tina's death scene. Uh, Final Destination has some really elaborate ones, but there's none. I I don't. I I I feel like this is Dracula or Frankenstein or. I know none of them are coming to my mind. I'm I'm using that as a as a as a a reference. That no, Um, I think when she's going up. Do you know how they made that scene? or something no it's so so when i was researching this film one of the things i kept reading was like oh we're on such a low budget we're on such a low budget but this to me seems pretty elaborate they built an entire room that rotated and it didn't have a motor so there were just lots of guys rotating it themselves and they they fixed a camera in one corner i don't know what they did with about rod's head because he rotates with the room i don't know if it was superimposed or what but they they covered her in blood and they just said just act the shit out of it and just scream and stuff and she just rolled on what was the ground but when everything that's so clever isn't that so clever and oh it holds up that was really good it looks so when you do things when you do things in an innovative way like that but are which are real i think it holds up much better much better and even uh, the, the scene where he comes to the wall over Nancy in that it's the oh, same scene I know what that, that that I think you can see like it's just a, a, a white sheet or something but it works it works really and it's well. much better than the seat they recreate that in the remake with CGI it's terrible do you even remember that yeah yeah I do yeah but like but it's actually, so forgettable like, like when he comes to, when he does it in the original you can definitely see oh, well, there's just a sheet there well, well yeah but obviously but it just it, it is creepy and the fact yeah. that she would she reaches up and knocks on the wall oh, I think it's just it, the practical effects in this film are fantastic and I'll talk more about that rotating room later on because okay. it might come back into play but it's amazing and she acts, she acts the, the hell, hell out of it, out of it. Yeah. and it's bloody like he it, like it is as bloody as it would I, be like he this movie is incredibly except for Rod so there's two there's three of them die yeah yeah uh, Rod is Rod's is fairly is not bloody um, but the other two are incredibly incredibly bloody. bloody yeah though I never feel I never feel either scene is gratuitous I never feel like it is just torture porn uh, this is a the Tina's death is a very evocative and I, I see and I also feel that it Freddy is he's enjoying himself when he's killing her and I think he's taking his time a bit he's just. taking his time he's like and I think that so I all feel it's part of the story I never feel the film is doing this to gross me out I always felt with the in the dream if he kills you uh, and those that how he kills you kind of manifests itself yeah I mean there's yeah go on but there's, I think there's inconsistencies with. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Things happening in the dream, and so like they're running around, they're like screaming, blah 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 blah, and they're still in bed. But then she's floating around. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. I guess it's, I, I think that's just a bit of fantasy. There also could be the element that Freddie wants to torture Rod, like Rod is his next victim. So he he might he might. Does he say anything to Rod in his dreams about? I don't think he really sees. You don't see Rod's dreams. Rod's dreams. No, he just he just alludes to the fact you that he's having. Rod through Nancy sleeping and Freddie coming up to him. Yes, and Glenn never admits to having a dream, but no. it is hinted because 
uh, Tina shouts at him when he runs into the school saying did you have a dream as well at the very start when oh, they're at, at school the start, yeah. yeah and there's one or two but Glenn doesn't see, Glenn's very blasé about the whole thing so if if he is having the nightmares yeah he doesn't he, like he's not phased by it he's not trying to stay awake no he's I don't not. even really get the impression he believes we'll go back to Nancy in a second just that we're here I don't even know if he really believes Nancy or if he's just going around going along with her because he wants to hit that ass at some stage <laughs> he's playing the long game well even when Nancy asks him over okay so we kind of moved away from Tina well well to be honest that, that, yeah that's, that's Tina's dead yeah. she gets killed that's it I suppose Rod would be the next logical one to talk about but really Rod doesn't have a lot, whole lot to do he's kind of he's very handsome he's so handsome, really handsome. Can, uh, do you want to hear a bit of background knowledge about him? Okay. So he's credited as Rod Lane. But his name is, um, how would you say J-S-U? Sue, probably. Sue, yeah. Sue Garcia. And he's um, a first, uh, his parents are Cuban immigrants. So he's, he's Latino. Yeah. But his agent was like, you ain't getting any work as a Latino actor. So they're like, play Italian. So that's why he's so uh, like, hey, hey, hey Nancy, don't, don't tell anyone what I did. Hey, Tina, I got wrecked. Hey, he's going around. Hey, um, where he, he was actually Latino. It's not so terrible. And yeah. um, um, he, he now goes by his, his birth name. Like uh, uh, Jew Garcia. Is his credited name? So his his uh, his agent was like, uh, "You're not gonna." Sorry, Nick Corey. Sorry, I said Rod Lane. That's his character's name. Yeah. Nick Corey is his credited Stage name. name. Yeah. Well, it was his. So when he made this film, he was obviously a young actor, very handsome. But his agent, which is just so shit that this had to be the way the way yeah. it was. His agent was like, "You're not going to get any work as a Latino actor, but we think I think you can pass for an Italian actor." So he gave him Nick Coria. I guess Cory is an Italian name, and he does have he he puts on like an Italian American yeah, accent. Pretty in this shit, film. but you know, fair play to the agent for you know telling it straight to him and you know getting him the work. Yeah, I mean, Hollywood and the the golden age was like in the fifties and sixties was rife with all this. Oh, yeah. uh, but ah, uh, I, I, I just think until it's, fairly recently, all this shit was going on. I'd say as well. Yeah, I just think it's kind of like the one kind of actor that isn't like a, a, a white uh, Anglo-Saxon uh, had to change his name to appear like he was. But I know what you mean. Yeah, so he's the one bit of diversity the film has. So anyway, his character very handsome, hot, and um, but doesn't really doesn't really uh, have much to do in the film. No, and he gets so he escapes. He's the bad boy. He's the bad boy who is, he's almost a stereotype. Yeah, so he's a bad boy who's now run off. And <laughs> I like uh, to think he was like running all night in yeah. his jeans and leather jacket. Just <laughs> when he so he, he runs off, and then Nancy's like, "No, no, no! He couldn't have been him. He wouldn't have done it." Um, and then she's on the way to school, and then he jumps out, still with no socks on. Well, I mean, where, he's been running around all night. Running around all night, and hey, Nancy, I didn't do it. Hey, <laughs> and the dad arrests him because they were using Nancy and followed her. It's a bit of an arsehole move to do to your daughter. Well, I don't think they used her, but they kind of said... No, they, no, they didn't. He, she, he didn't instruct her to do anything. Fair. They didn't use her in that way. They just said, he might try to contact Nancy, so let's just follow they had They had a lot of police ready to... Yeah. <laughs> um... So he gets arrested, gets stuck in jail. The only use then really that he has is that he verifies to Nancy that Tina and Rod and Nancy 
are now dreaming of this yeah. one particular guy. Yeah. And then he kind of dies. Then he gets like hung. Yeah, this is verging into Nancy territory. So I'll just quit, be quick with this. But it, one thing that's interesting, and maybe this is that uh, there is, I have a kind of a theory that Freddy is really only interested in Nancy and he's playing the long game. Because when she. Which her, might maybe why they said in the, in the newest one, you were my favorite. Yeah. Because when Nancy, in her dream, goes to the prison and looks through the window and sees Freddy there. Remember that part? Yeah. Freddy doesn't kill Rod then. Well, I think the... So she starts banging on the window. Uh, again, this is, this makes no sense because she's in her dream. It's her dream. It's it, like, it, it, yeah. it, there is a kind of a funny kind of mythology going on like here. She's, yeah, like she's, she's sharing... Uh, astral projecting it's, herself it's or something. Actually, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the implication is she starts banging on the window and then I think guards come in so he wakes up. So then Freddy okay. disappears or something. Oh, maybe that's it. Okay, I mean, it is potential that Freddy isn't. Is I I do have a theory that that Freddy ultimately doesn't care about anyone except Nancy. His, he, uh, Nancy's his ultimate conquest, and when she dreams all that, it is just Freddy implanting this, and because he can control where you are in your dreams, that's why you'll be running around, and then suddenly you're in his boiler room. So, because no, I think he just cares about getting back at all the parents for. He's enjoying himself. Oh, he's enjoying it, definitely. But you don't know what's going on in the Glenn dreams or the no, Rod dreams. No, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. And, and he was definitely enjoying teasing Tina. Definitely, that's fair. Yeah, he's. I think, though, his... Nancy's just the one that... His the murder of... I, I get the impression that if we ignore Nightmare 2, <laughs> he is a predator of women. And the men, the boys he kills, are... He kills the two boys... To get at Nancy, so his him killing Glenn and him killing Rod are ways of torturing you think Nancy. He was killing all Nancy's friends first to get at Nancy. Yeah, he probably enjoyed torturing Tina a bit, and he did torture Rod. We know that Rod was having bad nightmares, but he wasn't torturing Glenn, or at least we don't know. And like when he did kill Glenn in the end. He literally phone. He contacts Nancy to be like, "I'm your boyfriend now." So he kills Glenn as a way to hurt Nancy rather than I'm sure he enjoyed it but it wasn't there's maybe an implication there that you know certain families contributed to his death maybe yeah good point Nancy and maybe Nancy Tina and Rod were their parents did that maybe Glenn didn't and maybe that's why he wasn't having bad dreams but then Freddie just his, said, well, I'll just kill him anyway. Because right, his connection to Nancy. Yeah. But his parents are a bit peculiar as well. Like, his father is a bit of a dick. and So I kind of feel like all the parents in this are meant to have their have dirty hands. Possibly. Yeah. Um, will we talk about Glenn before we move on to Nancy? Yeah. I really like adorable. Yeah, adorable. And again... For some reason in the eighties, the the jocks wore these little kind of the little belly tank jocks, tops, little, little crop tops. tops. Yeah, things. He has. Which I, but I thought they were very sexy. Back then. <laughs> he, uh, I, I love his little line where he's watching. His, his, he's got his big headphones and his TV, and his mum is like, oh, yeah. "How can you uh, watch the TV when you listen to headphones?" And he's like, "Oh, Miss Topless, he's this is a sixteen-year-old. Yeah. Miss Topless USA is going to be on TV tonight." And his mum is like, "How can he hear what she says?" And he's like, "Who cares what?" Says. <laughs> it's a fun little exchange. Uh, Do you think you'd know? I mean, how Johnny Depp becomes one of the biggest actors in the world. Do you think that's evident from this? 
I think there were, I mean, it's incredible that this was his first acting role ever and he managed to, you know, put in the type of performance that he did, I think. And I think there are elements there where you see him uh, possibly improvising a little bit. Oh? And, well, when he when Nancy says something, he's like, ooh, you know. Or, you know he does yeah, okay. Thing. And he kind of pulls a face when when Rod kind of says something to him and making fun of him. He kind of does a like, ooh face yeah 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 maybe maybe that was maybe it wasn't yeah. maybe it was or maybe the director said maybe Wes craven said oh just do yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i just love how like he's kind of he's such a teenage boy him and nancy a lot of my problem with not probably a lot of films like this i don't get a lot of teenage vibes from the characters even in halloween jamie lee curtis even though she was 19 she came off like a 30 year old it just didn't it's probably get just a consequence of the, the them acting potentially, but I think Glenn and Nancy are so teenage in these films. They because teenagers are immature because they're there, they're, they're young, and he has all these little teenage little nuances in his performance, as does Nancy, and we'll get to her later. Uh, and I think that makes it really watchable and interesting and yeah, like he that's just what makes a star really isn't it that who can embody that these li- and, and I doubt those are in the script like the fact that he, he she's like stay awake and he falls asleep because of yeah. course he would he's a teenager and she's like me, because me. he doesn't believe and he just loses a lot he's of like, yeah, yeah 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 and then because she's like meet me at midnight and he's like Miss Topless USA is going to be on yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you're all the way over there you're all the way over there my parents aren't really that cool and your you. mom put bars in the windows I can't even get into oh, the room fucking mom in alcoholic we'll talk about her later <laughs> yeah so yeah i think he's great he's very good yeah, yeah. Really, really good his death scene is another probably iconic scene oh uh, incredible two uh, iconic scenes in this two, so iconic so remember i said about the upside down room that rotated yes so what they did is they redecorated it and then they turned it upside down and then they just they dug a hole in the bed and then they just threw a shit ton of dyed blood of water they just got like red red water and they just threw it down but they because they only could do it in one take they had to do it in one take because the room would get destroyed and when they went down the water wasn't perfectly even so it started drifting to one side so do you know the scene where the parents come in and it looks like it's kind of falling to one side Oh, I, I didn't notice that. If you look, I, I, I uh, yeah. If you know, you'll notice it if if you see yeah. it again. That was because it wasn't going perfectly down. But actually, it looks really cool. Mm. But it kind of it look it looks uh, supernatural, which it kind of is. Yeah. So here, here's a question, Con. Where does he go? Well, hell or something. Or, but or maybe he's just ripped apart, obviously, because that's all the blood or something. But um, okay. So Tina got ripped apart by some dude. That's that's what the feds think. Rod hung himself because he was guilty because he was guilty, guilty of stabbing yeah. His, yeah perfect what the fuck happened to Rod what the fuck happened Glenn. The, uh, to Glenn what are they going to say they, they and they never outright said, the, the, the police and all them are just shocked they're just like and the, 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 someone's puking in the bathroom yeah. there's a reference like oh we'll, we'll, um, we'll need a mop to clean up this what are they thinking are they going to arrest the parents they happen to clue and i think it's it's well done that it's right before nancy is bringing freddy krueger like there's not a whole oh well you know let's talk about what it could be or anything like that it's no. you know who cares the police it's, are like she's like i know who it was 
dad come over here in 20 minutes i'm going to macgyver the fuck out of the house and we'll get this i have a lot of thoughts on that time frame that time frame is ridiculous ridiculous, but whatever yeah yeah it's a good scene though and his parents are really good they only have small roles but they're very good it's such a his parents have it's a very unexpected scene because you kind of think, oh, he's falling asleep. Maybe we'll see a dream or something, or maybe we'll go into his dream. And just an arm nope. comes up, pulls him down. Nope. That's no, no playing around. Yeah. Just a human blender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thus began the Johnny Depp's, Johnny Depp's career. Poor Heather Landing Cam. She's like, I did all this work. <laughs> he back and gets a start. I hope they still stay in touch. I do. Th- okay, well, we're I know. Well, I think we're going to have an argument about Heather. <laughs> Before we get to Heather, we talk about maybe some other smaller characters. Like her mom? Uh, well, before that her, can we talk about her teacher? Lynn. Oh, Lynn. Uh, what's Hang her on name? now. Shay. Lynn Shay. Lynn Shay. We love Lynn we, Shay. You, Connor and I love a mature actress. <laughs> <laughs> and she has a. We fell in love with Lynn Shay through the Insidious series. She's brilliant. She's, She's fantastic. And even in the. She has the tiniest role so sorry Lynn Shay is an actress who is in the Insidious, Insidious series yeah. and and although in the first film she is a supporting character she kind of becomes the main character the main of the character. franchise yeah, really yeah, yeah. a bit like Freddy in this and that Freddy isn't the main character in this but he certainly becomes the draw thread the whole thing the, yeah, yeah the, that's the, word, the driving yeah. force and Lynn Shay's character Cecile uh, I think it is Cecile in, in Insidious, Insidious. Ooh, maybe. I'm gonna say it is it becomes the, the leading force, and I just I I always lo- I just love that this woman in her sixties has a successful main Carly uh, fr- uh, yeah, and she's she isn't didn't go to Meryl Streep. <laughs> they didn't go to Meryl Streep, and that and she was a pretty much of an unknown before the city I'd say if you I think she's a theater actress I'd say she's got a good few credits to her. Oh, name. She, yeah, definitely, but like she's not a she's she's not a celebrity. No, um, and uh, when when she came on screen, me and Connor were like, oh, "Yay! It's your <laughs> um, one from Insidious." And, and we can't remember who her name is. <laughs> she has a blink and you'll miss it role in this. She plays Nancy's English teacher, doing the cliche the trope, the trope. Um, we're talking about uh, what, is the, what is she actually oh, talking I about know. I think it is relevant to it the is. story oh, of course it is yeah. Yeah, the, it's the, English, the, the trope where a teacher is talking about something relevant to a student uh, in a horror usually in a horror film there was one it movie that we saw recently though where that trope popped its head up and we were actually like oh well it was H2O because it was Jamie Lee Curtis actually teaching the lesson as opposed to learning yeah, the lesson. Yeah, but did we not maybe see it in the new Nightmare on Elm Street and we were like, oh, there it is. And then actually what they were talking about didn't have any relevance to the story or something. Oh, that's probably just lazy writing. <laughs> there's one li- I, I mean, there's nothing to talk about Lin Shay, it's just that she's in it. But there's one yeah. little she thing. She does have a nice little interaction with her when Nancy comes she's, out So she's, she's fantastic. There's one little intera- thing she does that I, in my head, I like to think this wasn't in the script. I like to think Lin Shay just did this on the day. When we see her... She smacks the kid's head or something. No, 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 no. This is... Nancy is in school the day after her best friend just got murdered 
you know that's a really traumatic thing for anybody you know this is a kid mm. and she's gone to school the next day because not I, only murdered but she's like, like not been told oh i'm very sorry your, your friend's murdered was there and went into the room and saw like this blood so, yeah like a, a horrifically traumatic thing and the only reason nancy's still in school is because she just wants she and I, you can understand that like, i can totally relate to that that you don't want to just stay at home you want to be busy and lynn shay just is reading just teaching the lesson and she as she's walking around the class and she just gently puts her hand on nancy's shoulder it's lovely and it's just a little that uh, she's not a shitty teacher she's a nice teacher who's concerned about her classmate doesn't want to make a big fuss doesn't want to call attention to her that little act of putting her hand i put my hand on connor's shoulder there just to (laughs) to to, and i I, it's lovely isn't it Yeah, yeah, yeah and it uh, that scene, the, the dream that she goes into, and that is very creepy. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Where she sees uh, Tina in a body bag. It's fantastic. And then she sees her being dragged away, and that is really creepy. When she goes out to follow us, somebody goes, "You'll need a hall pass," and she's like, "Fuck your screw your hall pass, screw your hall pass." Which is then that, in that, new nightmare. that phrase is then in new yeah. Nightmare. As is Lin Shay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As nurse with pill. <laughs> I'm so glad she has her own franchise. <laughs> yeah, Lynchian's great. Yeah. yeah, maybe we should do some research and see if she's any other projects. I'm sure she's working. She just, when she's in Insidious, she just has this presence on screen. Because uh, Insidious 3 is not a very good film, but because she's on screen. Which one is that? That's the one with the, the girls in the wheelchair. Is that the one where there's the man who can't breathe? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, and then Insidious 2 ends with like the iconic line, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And then actually, I don't think it was that bad. It was just another ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, Lin Shay, we stan. We what? Stan. Stan. Connor's not very up in internet culture, but I'll tell him what stan means later. <laughs> oh. <laughs> This is like the time when our friend Susan got a meme and I was like, why is that guy turning so, around looking at... <laughs> so for everyone, the, the distracted boyfriend meme, a friend of ours is very, very into memes and for a Christmas presents, another friend of ours kind of did a whole meme board and replaced the distracted boyfriend with Susan and Connor was like, who's that guy? <laughs> looking at Susan. Yeah, you're just, you don't spend all your time on Twitter and Facebook. That's I'm not so a bad thing. Old. No, it's not a bad I'm thing. So the amount of t- you know when you're, when you're a teenager and like you're like, Ugh, my parents are so lame and old and they're like, oh, hey, what's that thing on TV or what's that, you know, I'm turning into that person unintentionally. I think everybody eventually turns into the, that person unintentionally. I think you did it prematurely. <laughs> we all still get it. To be, to be fair, I don't think there's anything wrong with not spending all your day on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. I think that's probably you're doing other more. <laughs> whatever. I don't think I don't think not knowing memes is a character Fun. Yeah, it's all right. You're still, I still think you're cool, baby. Okay, you, st- you know who Lin Shay is. <laughs> we talk about her mother, so Marge. 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 Yeah. What do you think of Marge? I think Marge. Her heart is in. Although yeah. to a guy burning. To <laughs> uh, her heart is in the right yeah. place with her daughter. But she's kind of traumatized herself. Oh, she's totally traumatized. There's definitely a way of looking at this that she's an alcoholic because of the the. the what she did to Freddie. Yeah. yeah, I think she's... she's tr- yeah. And I think you could also look at... And her 
husband has left her. Uh, and well, yeah, but I probably think the marriage broke down because of that as well. The reason the marriage broke down is because I, you know, you do something like that, it affects you, you know. And she probably. How do you know, Paul? <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Uh, and I think it's really cool. I really like how this is. I think this film is really well written. And I think it's very clever because it would have been so easy to. Usually, when you see these films, the, they have a lovely background, a perfectly nice family, or they have an absolutely shit upbringing. You know, it's it's very black and white. Nancy's parents love her. They mm. absolutely love her, but they are so flawed. Very flawed as parents, people, yeah, yeah. but that doesn't. But Nancy is still a, as are we all as are. we all are. So that's why I think it's well written. Nancy's mother thinks she is doing the best for Nancy in every in every by killing Freddie. She thinks she's yeah. doing the best thing by putting all the barriers around the house. She thinks she's protecting. Glenn. Is that for Glenn or is it just for? She, I kind of figured it was just because she's worried about Nancy being escaping and just being oh, well, a bit of a lunatic. Too, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that actually, she puts those barriers up after she says, oh, it's Freddy Krueger, and she pulls the hat out of the dream. Yeah, I mean, at this which, stage, which, she's so drunk. And, like, there's this, like, like she's drinking from the hot... There's this real innocence. vodka in There's almost this innocence, like, she thinks Nancy doesn't know, and Nancy is yeah. running circles around her. Yeah, like, I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but... <laughs> she, she's locked on the couch. It's all, it's like, all right. It's <laughs> all locked. You'll be safe. I do. <laughs> she's, on, she's in the bed. She's in the bed lying down, and she's, like, saying to Nancy, oh, I do it all for you. I love you. This is just before Nancy's about to go and, you know, the final face-off with Freddie. I love you so much, blah, 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 blah. I'm so drunk. And... You, you don't see a vodka and it's just like beside her she just picks up this five litre <laughs> bottle of vodka or something yeah yeah and then she also has this weird like like if you look because I watched the first half of this film again today because we watched the film a week ago so I just watched it just to refresh my memory when did you do that yes slide on today now you I'm sure you heard it you said well the neighbors what, what will the neighbors be thinking because oh, I had the back yeah, door open yeah. <laughs> like the, I, if you watch that film you don't really learn she's an alcoholic until about halfway through but yeah. if you watch that film for a second time, knowing she's an alcoholic, there are some scenes earlier on that you think, oh, she's probably acting. That actress, um, R- R- Renee Blakely is her name. I feel like she chose, she made a deliberate choice to be like, I'm going to play this a little bit drunk. Like my character has had like maybe a few glasses of wine or a few bits, mm. but like that I'm still sober. Because her husband at the funeral, at. Um, Rod's funeral mm. so there's a scene where Nancy's at Rod's funeral and Nancy's obviously traumatised and is, keeps on talking about these nightmares and she goes to drive home with her mother and her father is there and I don't know what her father says but he's like we're going to have to do something and her mother just says I've got a better idea I'm going to help her <laughs> I'm going to bring her to someone who can help her it's like no shit Sherlock yeah. and at first I thought that line was a bit stupid but when I watched it a second time I was like oh maybe her mother is just a bit drunk in that scene a bit cloudy yeah Yeah, cloudy is a better word yeah and definitely when Nancy they go to the dream clinic after that and (laughs) yeah uh, she gets an appointment very quickly she gets a very quick appointment (laughs) and they're all like oh her dreams are fine it's all fine look there's her brain patterns it's all fine and then Nancy starts freaking out and then pulls out you don't see that dream which is unfortunate no that's the one scene in the film that's not from the point of view of a teenager yeah. Every single film is from the, every single scene is from the point of view of Nancy or Tina, uh, for the whole film. Apart from that one scene where they switch to the mother's point of view, isn't that weird? Which I think was good. Yeah, I do think it's good. Yeah, it is good. 
kind of gave you a an outside perspective of what you know watching this it's um, quite unsettling one you know when they're in the dream and you you're all tense because of freddy and stuff like that and then they're waking up and they're screaming it's less tense because you're like oh well they're awake now and we've had the tense bit with freddy but this watching somebody sleeping perfectly fine and then start screaming in their sleep yeah which i have experience of oh go on uh, i think that's an anecdote but go on to finish this part <laughs> is quite unsettling in itself <coughs> have you ever experienced someone having a night terror connor why yes paul yes i have <laughs> pray tell it's a great experience i'd highly recommend it to any <laughs> partner i'm a very anybody. passionate person and i'm a very imaginative person and so and part of the role of being my partner is that once a year you just have to have a, a night terror very traumatic yeah. <laughs> awakening <laughs> Be it. The, the, there's been well, it's, it's I think three, three in seven. But years. they've gone. They've gone <laughs> steadily. Yeah, we're seven years together, and we've had three night terrors. But they've they have slowly. Not we, Paul. You what? have had. Three. Oh, sorry. I. <laughs> we've experienced. I've experienced them. Which is the most great. recent one was about six months ago. Which was very scary. And that was the worst. What the hell are you going to do next time? <laughs> Well, we were just lying in bed and it was fine. And then Paul was a bit just, you know, he was breathing heavily, let's say. And I just put, normally I would just put my hand on Paul and then he would sort of go and he'd be fine. But this time, I think either he was, he thought that like he was having a nightmare and he thought my hand was something in the dream or something, but he started screaming and shouting, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I was like, what, what? leapt out of bed I tried to grab him to hold him to say no it's fine what are you doing and he's just like freaking out and I was like pa wake up and then he just wakes up and goes that's so funny and I'm my heart is jumping out of my chest here and I'm like what is wrong with him he's like dying it's or something nervous laughter like I remember I just remember my only memory from that is jumping out of the bed and I, I was saying I'm sorry Connor you were, yeah. that's what I was screaming I'm yeah. sorry I'm sorry and then I, I jumped out of bed and I was sitting on her windowsill and then now you were uh, kneeling on the ground I think or something you, you yeah jumped out of bed by the but I literally I went out of the bed yeah. and then I because the window was that behind me and even though it was nighttime, there was a bit of light shining on you so I could sort of see your face but you couldn't see me I could see you sitting up in the bed looking so confused just kind of with your mouth kind of looking kind of concerned but also really confused yeah. and then i kind of i was and awake, worried and, and worried and very scared well i kind of realized what had happened so i was like oh <laughs> you're all right it's okay i became comforting you because yeah. <laughs> you had been like shocked awake and then you were like you are going to give me a heart attack when you say And then I could have fit a giggles. And I started laughing and you were like, you didn't find it funny at all. You were like, well, now, now you do. Time. It was a horrible experience. <laughs> there was another time when we were, this was back in my apartment with Dorina, where we were sleeping and it was kind of in that, in that, do you know that time where you're not awake and you're not asleep, that, that transition time. Yeah. And obviously our legs were entwined and then you you moved your toe or something so I just felt something brush off my calf but it 
in my dream it that was like a snake or it something. was yeah so, so it, our faces were inches from each other facing each other and i just started screaming ah! <laughs> <laughs> and you were like what <laughs> so it's just the price that it's you pay a, it's a fun life we have <laughs> you never uh, have a moment eh uh, if anybody wants to know what that one was like watch that episode with friends where he brings Ch- Joey to the sleep uh, clinic yeah, 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 yeah. and he meets a girl there who talks and screams <laughs> in his uh, going back to nightmare after yes. that little John um, why does she have a little monitor on her chin <laughs> like she's got two on her temples and then one monitor like on her chin <laughs> oh, I don't know I didn't notice I, that I, it's real film mumbo jumbo yeah. we'll just stick them just here stick and here just stick it, yeah. them and just f- flail around yeah uh, the only other character that it's worth talking about is her father and I don't have a whole lot to say only that he is he's a real tough father loves his daughter nah. Yeah. those characters are explored a bit more I think in later ones uh, yeah particularly, particularly in the, father, the dream, warriors. dream warriors and also new nightmare I think let's talk about Nancy Nancy because I am getting the impression that you don't think she played the part well. I thought she played the part fine. I just don't think Heather Langenkamp is a fantastic actress. I think she is perfectly fine and Mm. I feel she's a bit stilted in places. I feel she's doesn't deliver her lines very naturally in certain places. I think that's, that's true of this one, Dream Warriors, and New Night. Okay. I I can concur that I don't think Heather Landlingkamp is going to be worrying any Oscar panels anytime soon. I don't think she's going to be winning any Oscars. But I think she acts her socks off on this film. And I think I think she was the best person to play this role. And I, I think I can't imagine anyone else playing it. And I, I think she struggles with the natural the the conversational dialogue yeah but that's what i mean her her delivery of lines is not very natural in certain places I, yeah i don't it's it's weird the the more kind of just conversational stuff i can i can accept like when she's just friendly with tina when they're just back and forth yeah and i think in new nightmare as well when she's just kind of talking to her husband back and forth yeah i don't i i agree and i, I when you compare her to jamie lee curtis jamie lee curtis is so natural on camera just is I mean just wonderful on camera about doing it living however when Heather Langenkamp is doing Distressed I think she's top notch she is yeah. her frustration I do find when she she's gradually getting more and more well sleep deprived and obviously worried that she's going to die and the interaction particularly with her mother Oh, around, brilliant. Around Freddy, around locking the, the bars on the thing and all that. Very, very good. Uh, uh, brilliant. Her, she does pet, oh, she's so Petulance. petulant. And mm. um, like, like, I don't, I, I work with teenagers before and I actually think teen, I think teenagers get a bad rep because I think a lot of people just have this, oh, oh teenagers are like, ooh, self-centered. And, and I've worked with teenagers before and I found it so, I'm trying to find a word rewarding and there's so much energy there and so much kind of 
just kind of there's a lot of joy there I, and I, I think working with to me for me working with teenagers has been the most I, I, I'm an educator that's what I do for work but working with teenagers has been the most rewarding work that I've ever done um, but there can be a lot it's challenging mm. and there can and there can be a lot of petulance there and Heather uh, put, injected so much petulance into Nancy like she is so when her mother she's like slapping she throws the vodka away and I, and you can understand her mother being frustrated with her she's not constantly like sympathetic all the time she's and even when she when when Glenn falls asleep when she wakes up she's like you bastard <laughs> bastard you fell asleep yeah and even the you fact, fell asleep even the fact that she phones his house at midnight yeah. imagine can you imagine being 15 and phoning your friends how landline yeah. at 15 and she's like I want to speak to Glenn uh, they're like no, I'm, no Glenn's going to bed no it's midnight feck off yeah good night yeah and then and then the interaction with her parents at the police station I think I do think her parents are a bit insensitive when when they're saying I heard they were arguing uh, in re- reference to Tina and Rob oh yeah, yeah. And, and I think actually she she played that now again she delivers that well because she's a bit shocked she's like a quite, she's just like, seen her friend new, her mother this is a good sign of her mother being trying to be a parent where she says the the, uh, the father says oh there was you said there was arguments and she says but the arguments weren't serious and the mother says oh maybe you don't consider mother's murder serious and, and Nancy's like what, what are you, are you saying I just saw my friend killed my best friend killed mm-hmm. by another friend of mine how dare you and she does that so well and the scene where she has the nightmare and she goes in uh, in the classroom and she wakes up and she has the panic attack yeah and then she, she runs scared oh she plays well. so i i i totally understand but that like i suppose from my thinking on it then why i said she was not a great actress i think you to be well-rounded you need to yeah. but you, you know you need to you, you, she's she's good at that stuff but the other stuff which you would think come would come more naturally which is a talk, talking to people um <laughs> i don't think she yeah and and heather langenkamp never had a career really career no because. she actually made a documentary a few years ago Did robert england like i mean he did yeah yeah but i i mean i feel like he got he more he was in i think um He's in some sort of gangster movie, I think, or something. He, uh, he's definitely more of a character actor than she is, though, to be fair. Her, one of her biggest roles was playing Nancy Kerrigan in a TV movie of uh, uh, Tony Harding and, and Nancy Dice Skater. Oh, right, and she okay. does look just like her, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah, she never really... She played bits and parts here and there. Um, her husband um, is a makeup artist, and they've set up a special effects company. Well, a visual effects. Visual effects. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And they have a company together that they run. Um, but her, she, she, she was very. She felt that this film really hindered her acting career in her early career because she just couldn't escape the the Nancy, the Nancy role. Stereotyped. Yeah, but in later years, he kind of embraced the fact that, well, she's gotten an iconic role. And I... I think it must be very difficult for actors who do get typecast like that. I mean, you're just like, oh, did that years ago? Yeah, it must be, yeah. And I don't want to be all superficial and stuff, but in this film, she's, she's very attractive and she's pretty. But in New Nightmare, where she's 30, I think she looks like a baby in this film. I think she looks like a child. But in New Nightmare, where she's 30... I think she is just a breathtaking 
I think she's so she looks like a Hollywood like a 19 like a classic Hollywood movie star she looks very well she looks so it's not even the way she's styled I I just think she's like one of the most beautiful actresses in that in that moment in time <laughs> I don't mean that sorry, like Nan, I, don't, I don't mean Heather to mean Heather Langenkamp you were wrecked before <laughs> no no, no I don't mean that, that one in, scene. I don't mean that in a, in a nasty way like she's still she's, she's nearly 60 now and she's still beautiful Nancy is one of the strongest heroines in horror I think she is a trooper do you think she's up there with Sigourney Weaver yeah yeah I think she's up there with Sigourney the character Remember we were saying Jane, um, Laurie is really competent. Yes. Well, Nancy is has competence. Nancy up, has skill. Up the wazoo, up the wazoo. But she's punished. Like if you think about it, she tries to save everybody in her life. She tries to save Tina by staying over with her. She fails. She, she tries to save Rod. She always believes Rod. She never really. She's confused about the situation, but she always truly believes that Rod is innocent she mm. even s- jumps in front of a gun for Rod like that's yeah, amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. and she risks her life by going into a dream to see how he is and she goes she fails with Rod she fails with Glenn and she fails with Glenn although I don't think she felt Glenn was in danger well that's fair that's fair that's fair but, but what it, Glenn was taken for her when, uh, and at that stage in the film she is geared up to battle she is she gets a book on booby traps because she's like I'm going to kill this fucker she's going to and then she even leaves her. she even loses her mother it's so tragic the yeah. only person she manages to save is herself which is kind of erased by the final scene. yeah okay <laughs> she is so competent and even when her first nightmare that we see with Freddy is, is the classroom scene Yes, and she has the ingenuity to scald herself to wake herself to wake up. Her up. So, yeah, she's, which is really she, clever. And then she, like you said, she MacGyver's. She does a home alone. This is ridiculous. It is. So I, I don't think talk, it's ridiculous. I think the timeline is ridiculous. Can we talk about this scene? Yeah, go on. So right. So uh, Glenn has just been butchered. Yeah, and been blended. Blended, <laughs> and all the. I wonder if he just like dragged Glenn down and then like his hand just started spinning around really quick it's a yeah it's Something. Anyway, uh, so all the police are there and her dad and she's like right dad come over here now in 20 minutes 20 minutes and I'm gonna wake up Fred Krueger's gonna be here and you can arrest him yeah right <laughs> arrest him arrest him <laughs> and I was thinking when she said that I was like okay so she goes to bed now she's gonna have it she's gonna go to sleep and she's thinking it'll take her some time to get to like OEM sleep or whatever, yeah. to have a dream to find Freddy to bring him out yeah yeah yeah. yeah. sense right and yeah. I thought we were going to see this dream scene right no she spends 10 minutes apparently only 10 minutes <laughs> filling light bulbs with gunpowder <laughs> creating some sort of uh, large mallet hitting instrument yeah, to put above yeah, her yeah. door with a booby trap uh, all of this I like I just think the timeline yeah, is in 10 minutes yeah it's like okay well if she created all this shit beforehand and then you know fine but it, she it, makes it in it, 10 it, minutes why, why put that into the film why why create just why create a timeline just say I'm going into my dreams and you know you better come over and just do, let her do the home alone shit first and then say to her father I'm going to fall asleep yeah, yeah. 
well, whatever. I mean, I'm not going to dock points. It's just a bit silly. And then I was thinking, is this what is like? Is she in the dream doing this? Like, what what is going on here? And then that, it's like, ooh, ten minutes, perfect amount of time yeah, for me to watch. Yeah, that's sleep. that's one thing. I'm th- that the film. Uh, I guess you could argue she does state she's been awake for seven days. So yeah. you could argue. She's, I don't think that's possible. And, and I and again, have to, I think Heather uh, she acts exhausted. Yeah. She looks knackered I do feel if you were awake for seven days you would not be waking up whatever he sets her alarm clock to wake up you can almost get so overtired that you're like not even able to sleep sleeping yeah Um, for seven days but but I just I do think she when she finds out about Glenn's death she's almost so exhausted she's not even able to process it yeah Uh, and her whole mind is like I have to kill Freddy that's she's not able to that is her whole focus and that's what she's doing and I think that's well written and well acted so she brings Freddy back into the real world and there's yeah. a great jump scare there where she doesn't yeah. know if it's worked and he's then he jumps like, out behind he's her below the, he's below the bed yeah. it's great I think this film uh, uses jump scares the right way unlike the sequel that just has a loud music mm. um, I think there's a good quote I don't know who quoted this but like jump scares with loud music is like praising yourself for scaring people like praising yourself for tickling people and saying yeah. you're funny it's yeah. like it's not but this film has jump- I, yeah okay go ahead but she she totally has control she hits him with the mallet she yeah. has a fire she is she incredible brings him, brings him down uh, to the basement sneaks around gets petrol fucking burns him. she's amazing in that scene so that's why I I really have to I think Nancy is in and in, and in the sequels uh, she's the same like she's in incredible Dream Catcher or Dream Warrior she's the one that kind of helps them she helps them all and in New Nightmare she she saves, uh, her, saves her son yeah. she I think she is one of the most formidable and iconic female heroines in her old statement I don't know yeah, I, well I think this is certainly one of the best series in horror so I think calling her I think like when in the Freddy scenes like he when he, he butchers Glenn Tina but I find whenever there's interaction with him and Nancy he's very bumbly and you know it, it, when he's kind of kind of jumps on her on the bed and he's kind of going like waving his arm yeah maybe you know, okay he's not in control as though he is with the others that's interesting yeah fair point there is one scene going back to the scene in the school where she sees a lamb out of nowhere she when she wakes up and she goes through the school corridor she sees a lamb alright okay and I I just think that's like this weird imagery because you know they dreams are little yeah, are bizarre little and it's almost like is Freddy say is that like symbolism like Freddy is like you're the lamb it's it, the dream sequences in this film are directed so well. Yeah, I think like it's really it was it was probably one of the reasons why I think it probably became so popular and so iconic. Apart from Freddy, is that most horrors, you know, there's a monster, hmm. or there's you know some guy out to get you or whatever, and you if you are scared enough as a kid or whatever you can't sleep because you know you are afraid that mm. this thing is going to turn yeah. up in your room or whatever but this the horror and the, the 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 what's scary about this is that if you fall asleep that's when it gets that's yeah. when you get yeah it. and you can't control your dreams and you can't control what's in them it's uh, 
It's actually quite clever because do you know I I I've done so much research for this episode that uh, a few days ago I actually had a dream about Freddy Krueger. <laughs> now it wasn't a nightmare. I wasn't. I didn't feel he was chasing me. I can't. I don't even remember what the dream was. I just remember Freddy was in it. Mm. But did, have you memories of what was the first film that really terrified you as a kid? Can you have any, any memories of it? I think it was probably Halloween, or I do remember Jaws, okay. and I watched Jaws, and don't remember the nightmare I had, and didn't remember it at the time, but it was one of the few times in my life I've woken up Screaming. straight up yeah, in okay. bed, you know, panting, sweating, yeah. The, I, I, uh, when I was very young, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about six now, my parents had uh, recorded uh, an old horror, Hammer Horror version of Dracula. Oh, yeah and on VHS and I was searching as a child I was searching do you remember the old black you'd have like eight or nine blank VHS's that your parents would rotate recording things off the telly and I was looking for something that I had recorded or my parents had recorded and I pressed play and then I just suddenly saw this coffin with the word Dracula on it and then it all got splattered with blood and as a child I was like I knew instantly this is something I wasn't allowed to watch (laughs) but going (laughs) <laughs> and I watched it and I, I do very carefully watching the whole film in front of the telly with my finger on the stop button for whenever my parents came into the room to press stop I was a little sneaky You're Sally, sneaky, Sally. <laughs> and I don't know how long but I have very vivid memories of just being so terrified in my bedroom that the second I I knew the second I took my eyes off the window I would look at the window and I knew the second I took my eyes off that window Dracula would appear and just being so So scared scared. so scared and I remember my parents having to sit by my bed until I slept and this you know this is long past that time when that would need to happen you know (laughs) this was only 10 years ago and my parents (laughs) and my parents were just like we can't do this and I remember just having to rationalize in my head that I remember thinking, what a coincidence it would be that the day I watch Dracula, Dracula comes to my window. Uh, therefore, yeah, and I, I and ever since then, I was able I was able to rationalize that horror films aren't real, and now I have no problem with sleeping. I, I yeah, could watch I mean, a horror any, film. Any any horror film, if you think about, you know, oh, there's just a cameraman there. Like yeah, 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 effects. yeah. And you watch a documentary, and then it's like, oh, that's yeah. scary. I'm very good though. A horror film will scare the pants off me watching it, and then when I'm finished, that's it. It doesn't stay with me anymore. Does Sometimes it? they do with me. It follows stayed with me for a while. Really? Yeah. Well, that's recent. It, it follows. Does the concept of you being anywhere in the world and this thing is just hunting, hunting you down yeah. constantly, which you can't stop? Yeah. And okay. It, one day it'll just turn up at your door and break in and come and fuck you to death. Apparently. Mm. Yeah. Freaks me out. Did I ever tell you about? We'll go back to we'll wrap up this. I know this episode's going on along, but I just. I'll tell you about The Exorcist because I saw The Exorcist I, uh, my parents and I went to a hotel in the Ackle Island when I was about 16 or 17 yeah. and my I was in a different room to my parents but my room didn't have a TV in it so my parents were in the bar downstairs and I was in their room watching 
the TV and it was around Halloween and you know the way the few days leading up to Halloween they'll have a horror film every night mm. and the film this night was The Exorcist and I had actually seen it before but I watched The Exorcist with my parents and then uh, they came up and they were like okay it's time for bed Paul and uh, so I went in I had to go to leave their room to go into my room and when I got to my room the, my room was the exact same layout as the little girl from The Exorcist uh. room <laughs> and there was no bedside lamps the, it was like a real typical rural Irish country hotel it might even have been a B&B and the only light was the light by the door so I had to turn out the light and feel my way to the bed that was and I remember just finding my way out and feeling the bed and just being like oh my god there's going to be an arm here or something and that was probably one of the last times I really a film really stayed with me after watching it um Donegal with a friend and we were staying in his sister's house actually they were they were away and we were in the house and I can't remember if it was a horror movie but I remember maybe the room that I was staying in I got like kind of really freaked out because there was an attic in the room in the okay, ceiling okay and like there was like orange street light coming into the room and I was like oh my god this is like a horror movie I'm gonna die <laughs> Uh, that's why I think horror films are so great because it's one of the only films that really stay with you long term even though even if it's a slightly negative feeling like, and, and and I do think there's a thrill in that there's a total thrill it's like a roller coaster we, we haven't spoken about Robert no and I think we, we probably need to kind of uh, press on but I think we need to finish with him because what an iconic performance uh. <laughs> oh come on I know I mean it is it, it obviously is but um there was a few... Uh, Robert Englund, is he a great actor? I think he's a bit of a cheese, and I would say the same about him as I did about Nancy. I don't necessarily know if he delivers lines very well. Uh, everything um, he does in this film Everything, is, like, I mean, if you, you just have to go... Blah, 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 no, you know, no. We may, I mean, but it may, in terms of... There are lines in this that I don't think Heather delivered as well as they could have, even mm. though I think the important lines she delivered ace there isn't this i think every time robert is on screen as freddie he is doing what is needed to be done i don't like i mean i'm not saying there was a bad performance i think he played freddie very well it's his role obviously <laughs> um <laughs> I don't, that's patronizing uh, no but i don't um, like what go on give me an example of a line that you don't think was particularly in this film um well when he said uh is it hey Tina or hey Nancy? Watch this, and I don't. I when does he say that? He cuts his fingers off, and you know, he cuts himself, and maggots fall out. He says, "Hey, look at this." Hey, uh, look at this. Yeah, you don't think that he's I don't like think he delivers a, that line very well. Oh, I think he does. I think I that's don't actually just, think that was. I don't really. I didn't really feel the necessity for that. Look at me cut my fingers off and stuff. He's it's totally. He's fine, playing yeah. with her. He's like. He's like, I'm gonna gross this girl. I can do whatever I want. My powers can, you know, create illusions and stuff. I want to terrify this girl before I kill her. So, oh, I think that I think, I, and as the films go on, I think his makeup becomes a little Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Monster of the Week, a little even a little bit Lord yeah. Zeddy, Power Rangersy. Yeah. And in this film, he he's he he's shiny, like he's sweating. He his teeth are all like gross and black he is such a creep he's an absolute creep in this film and he embodies that and he so enjoys it and he relishes every line I think this is a masterclass in how to be 
like a creep, a monster. And I, I think one of the problems with this franchise, do you know I talked about my thesis earlier on? I think one of the problems with this franchise moving on, Michael Myers doesn't need to be played by a particular actor. I mean, uh, in the 2018 version, it was kind of novel that it was the same actor as yeah, the original, yeah. but it didn't matter. Nobody knew. Yeah. And when they changed the actor for this to the remake, it never quite, even though your man is not a bad actor, Jackie Earl what's his face he's not a bad actor he's a good actor it just didn't work but, and I think this franchise I mean, is going to really struggle until they find in another Robert England. for example that whole stuff with the tongue going around the Heather Langenkamp's yeah. neck and he's like oh no don't cut my tongue and all this kind of stuff I just don't. that's a bit of the writing though I don't know if you can blame him for that I don't know I, he yeah. did like another iconic scene that this movie also had was the claw coming out of the bathwater. Which is a very like so sexual. <laughs> yeah, which is a very iconic scene as well. I mean, is that even him? Uh, <laughs> is that even him? It's just a claw. Freddy, the, the character. Yeah, I I, do, I think this film works well in it's it doesn't use Freddy too much. I mean, we don't see his face for a while. That's better in horror movies. I feel yeah, like. I agree. And the the problem, another problem with this franchise is that as he became bigger and bigger, and he became, I mean, Freddy Krueger. I don't think he's he has. He is the you same icon. That, by the way, it's our dog. Our dog is having a big drink. Drink. <laughs> Freddy Krueger isn't the same cultural icon he is now that he was in the nineties. But when he became a huge icon, he was in music videos. You could like kids could buy bed sheets with him. You could buy action figures. He became like Bart Simpson or Santa Claus or like Superman. You could therefore he's not scary anymore. Yeah, that that kind of uh, like you would never get a you would never get bed sheets with Michael Myers on. I mean, you might, but even. Magic. You might, but even if you would, it's still just a mask and it's just a presence. Well, Freddy Krueger was a personality. A character, yeah. He's a character. So he just. I feel the franchise was doomed because the, the what made it special was his personality. So they wanted to show off his personality, but the more they showed off his personality, the, the less scary, scary he became. Yeah. And then when they. And, it, and it, was, it, it kind of went away again, as we said. Um, the comedic elements got more and more so I find in Nightmare with like example the, the tongue thing and all that kind of stuff well I think that's meant to be gross yeah. stuff I don't know I don't, was it? I don't I felt I don't that think was it's ridiculous it was just meant to be I think gross out because there was a lot of gross out I mean he used like he does that like <laughs> thing and well, isn't there a scene in, in um, Dream Warriors where he like tongues like tie a guy to a bed so like yes, tongue seems sh- to he shoots tongues he's just Freddy Krueger is such a a creep and like the tongue is such a horrible like such a sexual thing that like to be wrapped up in a tongue tongue is like a really gross creepy thing to do to nancy slash heather but no i i i i think robert england is is pretty is is iconic in this role i still don't think he was i still don't think he is a fantastic actor i think in his his body acting as well is kind of awkward uh Again, going back to uh, when he is attacking Nancy, I feel he's, it's very obvious that he's holding back and I don't think he's acting that very particularly. Oh, gosh, I, I disagree. <laughs> I, I think I think Robert England is gold in these films and I think he's the reason why. Oh, he's definitely the reason. I, 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 yeah, I mean, he obviously became an icon. Yeah, um, and I, I think. Despite of, of what I'm saying. 
yeah mm, I, and I think actually the underestimation that the studio gave him for this film it proved itself when they tried to replace him with just a guy in a mask for the sequel and it just wasn't working mm-hmm. and even in the third film um, um, in the third film there's like a, sec- a scene with like a sexy topless nurse uh, okay, yeah. and uh, then suddenly the topless nurse becomes Freddy and they tried initially they tried to put a Freddy mask on that actress but it just wasn't working she couldn't embody even though she was wearing the mask she couldn't embody Freddy because no, I mean because yeah I mean I, I'm not <laughs> Robert Englund is Freddy Krueger I mean yeah. that's what he is but I'm just, I and you know it'd be very difficult for another actor or actress to do what he did with that character I'm not saying any of that is not correct what I'm just saying is that I don't think that he has delivered lines particularly well and in other circumstances that fight acting with Nancy and others I thought looked a bit awkward and um, you know it looked like he, well I, ooh look scary but I'm not actually trying to kill you you know you know that it looked a bit fake maybe but I don't know I think I think because Freddy like enjoyed toying with his mm. victims maybe that was all part of it anyway another okay, so we'll, we'll wrap up now in a minute but we, we the one thing I think that's very important to this film is the music the music for this film is incredible like even well I guess it's not this isn't the music but the chance one two Freddy's coming for you oh, iconic yeah, yeah. but the the creepy do 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 music that goes through it nursery um, rhymes yeah, children focused just yeah. so good the art for the films was like the, the, the artist who, who did all these posters like uh, I haven't got his name on my screen and I'm not going to google it sorry that'll take too long but he he, uh, he he I think his paintings were iconic there's so much things about this franchise that are Iconic. I think we use that word too much now because it's starting to lose pain. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, there we go. Um, so that's, I think, all a I have to say. We, I always say nightmare in our street. It's a nightmare in our street. So this could be a little bit... We still might have more to hash out because this might be fun to put on our list because let's look now. We have our list in front of us. What? I'll let you... I'm going to... Sue. I think it should go below Halloween. Yeah, I think it should be above Halloween, but I do think it should be next to Halloween. I think it's close to Halloween. Okay, so let's let's look direction-wise. Uh, I think both of these films are masterfully directed. Very, very well directed. I think I don't know what the budget for this was. Um, it was but probably higher than Halloween. I I, I think this this just looks there's, there's more stuff going on in this film than Halloween. But don't get me wrong, I think Halloween. I actually think Halloween is more slickly directed. Just the shots and stuff. I, I, I think the lighting in Halloween is better. Yeah, and there's some lovely, yeah. So I think for direction, even though I I would probably agree with Halloween. Okay. Performances. Ooh, I probably I probably would have to give that to. Nightmare, just because yeah, there are more There's certainly more, and I think Jamie Lee is a better actress. There's, there's no, there's no, yeah, there's no, no question. She is a better, better actress. actress, but I do think she's a better actress than most. She's a better actress than anyone. Else. No, maybe not Robert England, but she's Johnny certainly. Depp. Oh, she's definitely. Oh, and Johnny Depp. She's definitely better than Robert England. I don't. Johnny mm. Depp, maybe not. Well, yeah, yeah, but I, I think Heather Langenkamp does a lot more. Like if you think about it, like you, you mentioned this well, in Halloween, Laurie only, only deals minutes. with Michael yeah. for ten minutes. I know there's kind of the she sees him and there's a bit of stalking going on, but Nancy is 
she is preparing for this battle for a while. Um, she had to act a lot more her herself in Nightmare than Laurie had to do. Yeah, a lot yeah. more, a lot more. Though, though uh, Nancy, because Jamie Lee is so good at casual uh, yeah. interaction, yeah. she played that well. Like, uh, both of them, uh, I, Jamie Lee Curtis would have played Nancy better than Heather would have played Laurie. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, but I think overall, Nightmare for performances. Okay, music. Oh. Yeah, it is Halloween, isn't it? It is Halloween. I do think the music for this is incredible, like but Halloween is. is I don't know, like me, but one, two, Freddy's coming for you, and na 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 na, na or whatever. No, I no. The music for this is inc- like all the the do do and then the bah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like it's not icon. It's not Halloween like icon levels, but it's. Yeah, but I think impressive. Halloween takes that one. So, performances and act. So direct, uh, directing uh, we said is Halloween. evil. Halloween. No, direction is evil. Even. Uh, Not evil. Even. Performances Performance, is nightmare. nightmare. Music of Halloween. What about enjoyment? So we'll fill, fill Overall it. enjoyment. I just think the script for Nightmare is a more is a more cohesive script like there's lovely like there's bits where 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 nancy learns halfway through about the oh, this this ancient thing of dreaming and then she picks up this book of of uh of traps and stuff and there's more of her like preparing for her battle with with freddie but i i appreciate that halloween is kind of a master in just its simplicity it's just kind of this lovely yeah. simple i think there's there's you know as you said mastery and simplicity were it's just a guy who killed his sister yeah, as a kid there's, and there's, now he's there's beauty in that yeah. yeah and there's no there's no rhyme or reason to it it's just yeah. that's happening I prefer Nightmare but I can recognise if you if you I definitely think I looked forward more to watching Halloween than this and I think afterwards hey like I definitely enjoyed Nightmare but no I would have to say yeah. okay okay I think I would watch Halloween again first yeah I'm the opposite. I think I would prefer Halloween, not Nightmare. But I am happy to recognize that Nightmare. There is a slickness to night. To uh, sorry, I'm mixing up my names. There's a slickness to Halloween. Even though I do think Nightmare is slick, but there's a kind of a clean cut directness to Halloween that I. I'm not going to say Nightmare doesn't have, but that I appreciate. Which, okay, so there we go. So that would put Nightmare at seven. So Nightmare in Elm Street, right next to Halloween and before Les Mis. And all these are moving down, aren't they? Well, I mean, this is a a very iconic film. You need to stop saying that word, Paul. You need to find out a different word. I wonder now when you're editing this, if you listen to how many times we've used the word icon or iconic. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so that's our Nightmare on Elm Street number seven. So, Con, what's your next one? What's your next? What's so your mine choice for is, Okay. So, mine is from 1953. Okay. And I thought of it when we were actually watching Mrs. Doubtfire. Sorry, 19 what? 53. Oh, Jesus. 53. Okay. And I thought of it when I was watching Mrs. Doubtfire. And they're watching a horror movie in that. And it's called House of Wax. Oh, uh, is that a slasher? Yeah, I would have thought Psycho is the first slasher, and that's not even horror. And when I looked up, um, I was looking up slashers. It came under that heading, 
So an associate, an associate burns down a wax museum with the owner inside, but he survives only to become vengeful and murderous. Cool. Okay, so House of Wax. So House that of was wax. remade and with Paris Hilton. With Paris Hilton and Par- Jared Padalecki. Now, I have to say, qualifier, mm-hmm. that I don't know if we'll be able to find the two- 1953 version. So, <laughs> if we can't, we'll pick the Paris Hilton one. All right, uh, I'm going to stick with Wes. Okay, Scream. I'm going to go with Scream. Oh, well, okay. the reason I picked that is because I would think the most iconic horror film of the 70s is Halloween mm-hmm. most iconic uh, slasher of the 80s is Elm Street so I wanted to move forward and the most iconic slasher of the 90s is without a doubt Scream so there we go so Scream in versus the 90s House versus wax. House of Cards or House, House of, of wax, wax potentially uh, 50s or but, uh, 2005 okay let's go yeah. okay oh my god it's Scream Scream was a big important film for me when I was a teenager so I'm, I'm glad um, great okay we have talked so much much about this jesus christ i'll try and edit this down <laughs> how long are we oh my god oh my god this is like three times the end of the film <laughs> anyway All listen right. it was a pleasure talk to you later you've been oh, oh no you no, tell our to tell uh, people where they tell can us where you can stuff. listen if, if you're still listening at this time god yeah. bless you jesus. uh so you can uh visit our website www.silver-screamers.com uh email us at silverscreamers at gmail.com you can visit our Facebook, which is Screamers, Silver Screamers Podcast, Instagram, Silver Screamers Podcast, and you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and on the podcast app on your Apple phone. Look for Silver Screamers. Please rate us, review us, like us, uh, or don't, but go fuck yourself if you don't. And um, yeah, that's it. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.